Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. I am Keegan Preslak. I am Eric Hoff. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere get together, hopefully once a century, yes, and talk horror movies and horror things. Correct. Hello, Eric. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, man. I've never been so happy in my whole life. I feel like we did two episodes like back to back super quickly. And then we had a little bit of a lull. Yes. Yes. Our last episode was Nope. Shout in out July. To- yes. Shout out to all you nopers out there. Mm-hmm. But hello, Eric. I haven't seen you, well, since then? That sounds right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can update. Well, first of all, hello, everyone out there in Ghoul Squad land. What are we going to do on this episode, Eric? Uh, we are going to do a review episode of Barbarian Pearl. Yes. The, fi- uh, the film Barbarian Pearl. Yes. Uh, the initial plan is just to discuss the film, and then at the end of the episode, we'll go full spoilers. So if you haven't seen the films... You yes. can turn it us, turn us off. You should turn us off now. Do it now. Uh, no, so yeah, we're going to do spoiler free first, right? And then uh, we'll we'll say a big spoiler warning and at the very end of the podcast, we'll do spoilers for, we'll announce each one. We'll probably do Pearl first because I think more people have seen it and then Barbarian. Pearl's more fresh in my head. Yes, but that'll be all the way at the very end. Okay. Uh, but now, <clears throat> I was just thinking just now. What was the update? Well, the update is, and I know you don't like this, but we have to update everybody on what happened. Last time you and I saw each other, we were sitting across from each other and we had just had like a little party and we drank some alcohol and had a good night. It was fun. And then that Monday, we were like, oh, let's go see Nope together. Then my brother got COVID. Then everybody we knew from there got COVID. And then you. Yeah, I got COVID. Yeah. And uh, I was out for 10 days from work, which was... It was, t- it was not as cool as I thought it was going really? to be. Really, I'm surprised you know, to hear that. You know, like I was like fantasize, like I wish I could get COVID so I'd get time off from work. But then, like by like the third day, you rose again, being isolated. Um, it was fucking awful, dude. Like, like taking the trash to the street became something to do. Uh, my mom would bring me food, and that was like the highlight of every fucking day. You know, like it was miserable. Like, I know it sucks going to work. Um, I know an understatement. Yes, you know it sucks, but like the flip side of that coin, like just staying home and not being able to do anything, it's like I guess that's what makes it. uh, When you get home, that's what makes it better. You're like, okay, now I'm off. Like now I did some shit. But when you're just off for ten days straight, yeah, when you have time to yourself and it never ends, right? uh, But it got to a point where I was looking for romantic comedies to watch on Prime Video, and I saw some good ones. Did you watch About Time? <laughs> I did not watch About Time. Which ones did you watch? Uh, I watched a fun one called, uh, it was with, um, who's the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Pacific Rim? Uh, Charlie Day. Yes. Called I Want You Back, uh, where uh, at the start of the film, his uh, girlfriend <laughs> breaks up with him. No, this is really good. This is really good. I'm sure it is. And uh, we meet this other woman whose boyfriend breaks up with her. So by chance, Charlie Day and this woman meet. It turns out they work in the same building. And they reveal to each other how they each, how they each just got broken up with uh, by their significant other. So they devise a plan 
that they will go to the other's ex to try to convince the ex to get back with them. But in that process, Charlie Day and this woman start to fall for each other. Fornicate? Right, you know. Uh, Clint, not Clint Eastwood, Scott Eastwood was in it. So that's the closest I'm getting to a Pacific Rim sequel. Oh, there you go. Uh, one more and I'll stop. <laughs> and, and for the folks out there, this is, this is a horror movie. COVID romantic, romantic comedy reviews. reviews. Yeah. Um, God, no, this is already off the rails. Yeah, well, that's how we like to do here uh, on the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello. Uh, I think it was called A Map of All the Perfect Things. Okay. And it's about these two teenagers. They're stuck in a day. So Groundhog Day. Who knew that, like, I know a lot about movies, right? Like, I push up my glasses. I'm a nerd. I've never heard of either of these movies, Eric. Speaking of your glasses, I noticed a chip. Yeah. What happened, huh? Well, got into a little bit of a tussle. No, I don't. No. I don't know. I think it's like a pressure crack. Gotcha. I wish I had a really exciting story for it, but I don't. So it's it's these two teenagers. They're both caught in the loop, and uh, they want to try to break the loop. And as they're trying to do that, they start to fall for each other. Fornicate. Yeah. So... That so that's what happens when you get COVID. You just watch romantic comedies and you feel sad and isolated. It probably was a bad idea to watch. To get the, COVID? To, well, that and to watch those films at that time. So how'd it go Seriously, like for yeah. you? Um, we, you, don't, I mean, you don't have to expand on it, but how'd it go for you? Were you sick or were you just like sick? Uh, first couple of days were brutal. Yeah. Uh, just like my body was just like so fucking achy. And I, I guess I had a fever because everything felt so hot. Right. Like I felt like I couldn't lay down on any part of my body because it just hurt uh, that much. More so than usual. Yeah. Um, well, so it's hurt. So I don't advise getting COVID. Yeah. Not a great plan. Yeah. No. So it was weird. Like as far as my, my experience in it, you know, that day uh, we had basically met up for Nope. And it was just me and you going to see it. And it was like, oh. Because ben, ben had already tested positive. Right. He had, And we're like, well, Ben has it. And then by that time, you know, we're about to record. And I was like, well, shit. I mean, he has it. We were with him. We're either going to get it or we're not. It's too late now. So me and you actually went and saw Nope. And which, what was interesting was, so that means like you were basically contracting COVID while we were recording the podcast. And because right. you, you well, I tested positive that day when we went to go watch Nope. And I was feeling fine. And then that's no, when you, you tested negative about, at that time. Excuse me. I tested negative because you told me that Ben had tested positive. Right. And so both Eric and I were testing that morning and they were negative and neither of us were showing signs. And the other thing was we were already had been together. Correct. So by that point, like it was two days later from the get together. So it's like, if we're going to get it, we already have it. And then, you know, as that day progressed, I started feeling shittier and right. shittier. You and manifested shittier. it. And uh, maybe like if you hadn't have told me anything. Um, no, because if you felt like shit, hey, at least you got 10 days off work. That's true. You know, what's funny is we were the assholes in the theater with COVID. Or at least I was. You, you think you had it earlier, right? And like you never tested it, positive. It's possible, you, yeah. You never felt bad. I'm one of those people, yeah. Right? No, but and I should say like just so we're not just being bullshit about it. Like, yeah, that day we both tested like – I had tested like twice that day before we went to the theater. So did Eric. So like – you we know, thought we were doing the right thing. Right. And so it kind of is like a, a good lesson, which I know it's like, oh, of course you had it. Well, I never got it. I, I tested right. for the, the next week. Every morning I woke up, I tested after I was with Eric and all, after this whole situation, never got it, never got sick. Mm. So I don't know what happened. I never got it, but how Eric did. How did you dodge that bullet though? I don't know. It's possible I had it in June maybe. Mm. I'm not sure. But it was just an interesting thing, and I will say, of course, you know, as an update, everybody's okay. Everybody made we're, it out all right. We're hanging in there. Yeah. So, uh, duh. And then I couldn't skate, which was like, you know, the that worst. must be the worst part. That was terrible. And like, 
maybe like the eighth or ninth day I tried to go skate and I was just like fucking drained after like 20 minutes. It felt like, and sometimes and maybe I'm just in my head all the time, but I feel like I have like COVID like fog head. Uh Oh yeah. Like I'll you kind of like, look like you do. I'd be like trying to think of something and it's just like <laughs> out the door. Yeah. That yeah. could just be a, a case of, uh, I'm getting old. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've started doing air squats. Okay. Uh, not to relieve the COVID fog brain. But for sexual pleasure. Uh, but my knees be hurting, dog. Oh, okay, dog. Soon, my stretch sessions are going to last longer than my skate sessions. So, unfortunately, this is becoming the we're getting older and we're dying <laughs> podcast. But I guess that's yes. appropriate, right? Yep. You know, it was crazy. I saw, um, it's kind of a bit off topic, but on that, uh, I got like a, you know, time hop, the app time hop mm-hmm. it shows you older you know pictures and how many years ago it was correct and the, I, it was a couple days ago and this is we're recording this in what the fuck is this september september the 21st um you always have to date it don't you uh the mid-september is what i was gonna say and uh it's crazy because i got a it was like a couple days ago on my time hop i saw screenshots and then the actual logo uh are basically the origins of our podcast starting with with it was uh, uh, Jameson Lucas, shout out. He made our, our cover art. Um, and it's been revised since, but he sent me the original one. I'm not sure we've ever discussed. Um, it's kind of weird cause I don't really, a lot of people have made podcasts since we did. And some of them may or may not have, have like a similar name to us. And as long as no one yells at us, we won't yell at anyone else. Uh, cause that, cause it, it was, it's kind of weird. We were originally going to be the ghoul cast. Right, and that name was already taken. Right, and I'm not sure we've ever talked about it. We were going to be the ghoul cast, so it was funny because it said seven years ago. Jesus. Can you believe that? I get to seven years ago on my time hop. It's the original uh, uh, cover art, and it says ghoul cast. Oh, wow. And it's a, I took a screenshot of a text you sent me, and you're like, oh, I like the, the orange text. Um, and then we quickly had him revise it to squad because cast was taken. And it's kind of interesting because like, podcasts have exploded since we not not just seven years ago but over time and so i feel like everyone has a horror podcast sure but uh you know it's i it's funny because i'm saying oh yeah we we, we had one seven years ago but we also don't have that many listeners either so sure you know maybe and there was and there was probably people with horror podcasts 14 years ago oh absolutely there was we were i mean definitely i mean inspired largely by uh killer pov at the time my origin of goal squad was the shop was still open and you would just come and hang out with me well that's the and one day i was like let's do a podcast kind of like just bullshitting and you were like no we can do it and then that was you know it's all been downhill from there so the real origin of the podcast is actually even way before that and i want to say it's like 2012 or something and it's when you came to crucis for like a training oh and we did that little video video yeah And I was like, maybe this will become a podcast because I always wanted to do a horror podcast with Mr. Eric Hoff. I know that's a shock, uh, but we were never in the same town and Eric is not the best with technology. Uh, he's getting better every day. He, he sent me a DoorDash link today and I was like, how do I use it? And it was pretty good. He did a good job. Uh, yeah. No, but like uh, at that time, especially like I was like, can you use Skype? And you're like, I don't think so. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was living in uh, Las Cruces at the time. Right. And so uh, seven years ago is when I moved back to town. And that's mm. when you were like, ah, I should do a podcast. And I was it's like, all been downhill from I there. I know. I was like, no shit, Eric. Let's do a fucking podcast. So anyway, seven years later and 40 listeners later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. A uh, hundred years ago, there was a skate shop that I worked at. And Kiki would just come and hang out with me. And yes. 
Too bad we never recorded an episode there, huh? It's not like we had customers. Yeah, well, and that's why it's not here anymore. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, obviously, we don't want to be flipping about it. Shout out to everybody out there that does listen. Yeah, um, thank you. That's why we do it for yeah. you. But uh, anyways, th- that how did we get there? Well, seven years ago, we originally were getting our logo made. So there you go. Mm. Uh, but Eric, you're alive from COVID. You survived. Yeah. I'm hanging in there. Yep, you look good. Um, oh, thanks, Doc. And I, we're not sure if I ever got it, but uh, my brother's fine. He's alive, unfortunately. What about his wife? Never got it. Never, Never tested got positive. It. So we don't know what happened with that. Interesting. Yeah. And a few other people at that we won't mention uh, also got it at that get-together mm. uh, prior. And um, they're all alive as well. So there's the update. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's the Ghoul Squad COVID nope uh, drinking catastrophe. What's ridiculous was like, that feels so long ago. Doesn't I w- it? I would not have brought that up if I was you. Like, cause I wouldn't have thought of it, but it was our last episode. I understand that. But what I'm getting at is like, I already forgot about that. E dogs already, we moved on again. And you know, this of course always enlightens the difference between you and I see like, I actually have to host this podcast. Yeah. I just um, hang around. You get to have fun. Eat Taco Bell. Yes. Oh yeah. We had trivia. We had Taco Bell before yep. the show. So apparently, Door, DoorDash doesn't have the Mexican pizza, which if it had, would have been my third one in less than a week. Wow. I thought you were going to say in less than 24 hours. Well, I'm not that hard. I don't believe that. Yeah. Okay, Eric. What else? Yes. I have a couple stories. Okay. Lay them on me, string bean. So I promise we'll get to our horror stuff, but you know, people like the uh, life updates. The bullshit. And I did see My Chemical Romance. In, in Oklahoma. Concert, in Oklahoma City. It was a glorious night. Uh, they were playing in the Oklahoma City Thunder Arena. Okay. And uh, it was an interesting night. I will say that. I definitely don't want to... Was uh, Russell Westbrook there? No. no? He's not been on that team for quite some time. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was the first... Hey, at least I thought of a, an OKC it, pass player. It was cool because their uh, Western Conference uh, uh, championship banner was up in there. Okay. But remember, they didn't win. They I think they lost to LeBron. Anyways, the point is, it, it was it was crazy because, you know, I've been a My Chemical Romance fan since I was, uh, gosh, I don't know, like 11 years old. I don't know. Uh, before Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge came out, which is the album that got them famous. And, you know, it's kind of been that band where it's like, you know how everyone has that, like, I knew them before they were fucking famous. Mm-hmm. That's me with MCR. Uh, and, you know, it was just crazy because last time I had seen them was 2011 with Blink-182 with Blink-182's original lineup. And uh, then they disappeared, and it's just been such a long wait. And then they, we, I bought tickets uh, almost three years ago now um, for their reunion tour. And then 2020 happened, and COVID happened. So it got delayed two, year, two and a half years. Um, and my tickets were still valid. <clears throat> we had actually originally bought tickets for Denver, Colorado. But they added this Oklahoma City show, and it was the first show back in America uh, since their hiatus, their pandemic, all of that, they played a show in LA, but that was a reunion show. This is the first tour back. And so anyways, um, it was crazy. I drove up there with my brother and his wife, Sabra shout out. And, uh, it was just weird. You know, you, we, we generally don't drive that far for concerts. I feel like I don't, uh, we usually go to like El Paso or Albuquerque, you know, this was all the way in Oklahoma city and it was pretty magical. Um, my Chromats was awesome. It was chaotic. Uh, I read a, it was funny because I couldn't quite explain how the show felt. I don't know. You've been to a lot of shows in your life. Sometimes they go perfectly. 
It's like, oh, it's perfect. And sometimes it's kind of like crazy. It's kind of hard to explain. And uh, I saw someone say online that the OKC MCR show was chaotic. And I feel like that was exactly what it was. Uh, they didn't play all their hits. They played some. Then the songs that weren't hits, they didn't even play like their older albums. They played like B-sides, which is, I don't know if, if you like music out there, that's kind of weird. You know, like not... So it was just crazy. It was like trying to figure out what was going on the whole time. Like what song are they playing? They sounded amazing. And then I will say the crowd was interesting. It was like old people like me, right? I'm 30, okay. like I'm 31 now. So like emo kids from back then or scene kids are now like my age or a bit older. So I'm 31. My brother's 33. And then it was like little, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Zoomers. Okay. The rest of it was just Zoomers vaping. Okay. Um, so it's a very eclectic mix of, of individuals, but yeah, I think that's my show review. The MCR was amazing. It was crazy. Uh, I know you might be thinking, why am I reviewing it here? I just thought it would be uh, a fun idea because it was such a big, uh, exciting moment. And, uh, yeah, when we drove back, I did want to tell you this. We went through Amarillo, Texas, uh-huh. and we went to the big Texan steak ranch. Oh yeah. I saw your pics. And uh, I fucking love that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was funny because... Did was, you eat a steak? I did eat a steak. I, of course, did not try the 72-ounce steak. Right. Um, but while we were there, someone was trying the challenge. Attempting. And they ate the entire steak. But the thing is, this it's the 72-ounce steak, and there's four sides, I think. You got to eat the sides, too? You got to eat all that to finish it. It's like, a, it's like a little salad, two dinner rolls. If I try that, I'd have to be like on the toilet already. Yes. And so we're watching, we're watching, we're watching, and I see the guy kind of uneasy. It's a younger man, and uh, he leans over, picks up a trash can, and just pukes oh, in the restaurant. Oh, God damn. And I will say that was a great climax to, to the Big Texan. Right. And it was funny because, like, they. So he uh, didn't beat it. Nope. Nope. And they ushered him, like, into the bathroom. And when we, we finished our food and stuff, and we went out there. And uh, there was like this group of people waiting for him to come out of the bathroom. And apparently it was his family. And it was funny because like I saw, I guess, what was his grandmother. And uh, she's like, we're looking at it because they have like a, they have a, a ver- they have a steak you can look at to see how big it is out in the front. She's like, my grandson just tried that. <laughs> and and uh, it was funny because. I've been to that house. Right. It was funny because she says, my grandson just tried that. And uh, he's puking his brains out in the, in the, in the bathroom. And uh, I just looked at her and said, well, you need to tell your grandson that he's a warrior. Uh, and she's like, well, he doesn't feel like that right now. <laughs> I was like, well, he is, ma'am. Uh, it was a very fun experience. He's so. not the hero we need. But the hero we deserve. Yeah. Um, you know, I only know, I'm going to go back to My Chemical Romance. Uh, I only know one My Chemical Romance song. And so tell me if they if they sing it. Uh, that Sing it for the boys. Sing it for the girls. Every time that you hear it, sing it for the world. Yeah. Yeah. Do they play that? They did play that. Oh, okay. Uh, definitely not a song I was hoping they would play, but it's a good yeah. one. It's a good one. That's the only MCR song I know. Yeah, they didn't play a lot of old stuff, but uh, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's kind of like the way I thought of it was if that's what Mike Hoke Romance, you know, Gerard Way and the boys want to play, fine by me. Play fine whatever them, you want. Huh? Um, Maybe that's what keeps it interesting for them. Playing yeah. shit that's not bangers. I actually totally agree. And if that is the case, more power to them. Like, I wouldn't right. even dispute that. Uh, it was just odd. It was an odd experience. But um, 
it was perfect in the sense that I saw MCR and it was crazy, hmm. you know. But it was it was it, it was it was awesome. And then of course we we punctuated our trip with uh, the big the Texan. big Texan steak ranch. So, anyways, I hope that someone out there enjoyed that. That was my my Chemical Romance concert, Eric. Yes. Anything else before we get to trivia? How are uh, you? How's life? Have you done anything exciting lately? Uh, Any plant future plans? I won't go into details, but I may have ruined a vehicle at work uh, yesterday. Um, and um, <laughs> the the skateboarding simulator session fully drops tomorrow on PC on co- and consoles, and I'm wildly excited. I may skip skating so I can just play video game skating tomorrow. Wow. Yep. Well, um, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, I. I did There's have to ask. There's too many video games to be playing right now. Well, no, I love it. I did have to ask you about that. You're talking about your COVID um, uh, retreat. Yes. And I get what you're saying, but at the same time, like, okay, so when I'm off, on my yeah. days off, you know, I. You have the option, though, to like leave and, and go me, see let, your brother. Let me ask you that. And so here's the thing get food or. I have such a backlog of like movies, TV, and video games mm. that I feel like I just, I need to watch all this shit, right? Like I have, I have the fun house 4k just came in. I'm like, when am I going to get to that? Right. Mm. And one of the things that I think about is if I was forced to be away from everyone, Mm -hmm. it would be great. Cause I'm like, well, shit, I can tear through all this content that I need to get through. Right. Right. Um, but I understand what you're saying that you can't leave, but you know, did you play video games? Oh yeah. I finally finished uh, halo infinite on legendary. I told you that already, which was amazing. Uh, I started this game called As Dusk Falls, and it's like a choose-your-own-adventure type of game. Mm-hmm. And I started it out of boredom, but eventually I became to care for it so much that I was so upset with the choices I had made when I initially didn't care for the fucking game at all. Just like the game of life, duh. Damn, duh. You didn't have to get all heavy on me. Yeah, well, can't yeah. win them all. Yeah, so, I mean, I did. I, You know, like I said, I watched bullshit. And then I also, like, revisited stuff that I felt like I've been wanting to revisit recently. Like I rewatched Joker just cause I feel yeah. like that's a film I wanted to watch. So, I mean, it was like a mix of new and old for E-Dog, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I feel like DoorDash would have helped you tremendously, but it's so expensive, dog. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I you're home sick, dog. I order, I mean, you're not wrong, but you know, I want a fucking hot and ready for little Caesars. The next thing I know it's $30 or something, but you're eating a hot and ready, right? It's yeah. Your door. That should have been $6 if I had just gone to the fucking store. Right. I totally agree. And with that, Eric, I think we'll move on. Well, let's move on from life life happenings. If if only we could. I will say a couple. One more thing. One more thing. Uh, What do we have to look forward to? A movie you didn't realize existed. Which is? Last time we talked, you're like, I don't know what that is, Doc. Uh, I bet you do now because there's a big controversy. This weekend. I don't give a fuck about Don't Worry, Darling. Why? I don't give a fuck about Don't Worry, Darling. Why? Uh, because I don't care about rich, pretty white people arguing. Huh? I don't give a fuck about that movie. Duh. Didn't you like uh, Karen Kusama's The Invitation? Yeah, but that's not what this is going to be. Well, you don't know what it's going to be. Didn't you like uh, your next? That's kind of like rich people getting killed. No, in real life. You don't like the Stafford wives? The, oh, the I, don't real life no, I don't care about that drama. Yeah. I'm excited for the movie. Yeah. I've been excited for the movie way before the drama died. I'm, E-Dog is turned off. Damn, just from the drama. I'm cold. Yeah, it's like when you, uh, but you like Tom Cruise, right? Love Tom Cruise. Okay. Uh, and with that, this concludes our life. I can't wait for Don't Worry, Darling. I've been excited about it way before the drama. It's Florence Pugh. I love Olivia Wilde's last movie, Booksmart. I'm, so I'm Team Sudeikis. The, I don't give a fuck. Oh, I thought you didn't <laughs> care, Eric, because I don't give a fuck Oh, I'm about picking that. sides now. I don't care about that. Uh, fuck Ted Lasso anyway. Fuck you, dog. Um, but 
I love her last movie, Book Smart, and she's making a Stepford Wives type film with Florence Pugh. Yeah, I'm yes. In. Yeah, I'm into. I'm, I, I can't wait for it. That's interesting. Hearing you say that makes me think no one's. If you don't, if you're turned off by the drama, da, think yeah. about normies. They probably don't know about the drama. No, they probably know about it more because it's Harry Styles, da. All right, and da. did you see, da? Did somebody spit on film? somebody, da? There's something about the film that I also know, but I don't want to say anything. Why would you know it's it? A spoiler. Don't say it, but why would you know anything about it? Because I want to read about stuff. This is a classic Eric move, Dad. Yeah. You, you know spoilers, so don't worry, darling. I don't know story spoilers, but I know right. something else about the All film. Right. Well, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Because I'm excited. And after you see the film, then I'll tell you what this is. And it's like another reason why I don't give a fuck about uh, Don't Worry, Midsommar. We are talking about I Don't Worry, Darling, the new joke. Olivia Wilde film that has turned into this giant disaster for some reason because people like to read about drama, duh. Yeah. And I think on that, away from the drama. very, that's a lie. Can I tell you why that's a lie? Cause it's just, oh, oh, never mind. Lie. Never mind. Go, keep going. Ja. 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 Ja, ja. Keep going. Keep going. Ja. Here's what I will say. <laughs> what? Nah, you're going to be the only person in the goddamn Carlsbad Allen theater for don't worry, darling. I don't know. Da. There's a lot of Harry Styles fans out there. Music I don't give fan. a fuck that he's in it. Da. I'm excited for a new movie. Okay. See, you so know, are you, you excited? You're excited are you excited movies, for but... the fucking Thunderbolts too, Da? Sure. Because well, of Florence Pugh's in it? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, and on that terrific note, on that ho- extremely hopeful note. Yes, on this derailing of a note. Yes. Uh, I think it's time for trivia, Eric. Okay. So we're, we're going to try not to do a million cards. I give you one card. I give myself one card. But I'll give this you is one card. I give myself one horror card. edition trivial pursuit. Horror edition trivial pursuit. Eric, yeah, I'll start first. We're gonna do two cards, but we're gonna do them quick. So don't get bored here. This is horror edition. All right, dog. Good luck with oh, the first. Okay, question. dog. Good luck, Eric. No, I'm serious. Because uh, I wouldn't have gotten this shit. What German electronic band composed the music for Near Dark? Uh, I like Near Dark, but I don't know, Eric. Tangerine Dream. Damn, Don. Tangerine Dream's good. You would have known that. No, fuck no. Oh, but that's that's a cool pairing. Yeah. Okay, Eric. I always thought it was more Western. Yeah. So that's interesting that it says German electronic band. Eric, lay down my string bean. What was the country of origin for the film Nosferatu? Germany. <sighs> Got it, Eric. Huh. Two okay. German questions. Go ahead. Next question, though. Okay, this comes from my Volkswagen. Volkswagen. <laughs> In Teeth, 2007, which character is not subject to the titular trait of Don O'Keefe? And this is multiple choice. Ryan, Bill, Toby, <laughs> Toby or Brad? Bill. You're right. Okay. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> Who directed the Grindhouse fake trailer for don't Edgar Wright. Yes. Okay. Yes. What actor played the eccentric millionaire Frederick Lauren in the House on Haunted Hill, 1959? Vincent Price. You are correct. In Pet Cemetery, 1989. Okay. What type of vehicle hits Gage Creed on the highway near the family house? Semi truck. A truck. A yes. truck. Okay. Uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil 2016, was based on a product sold by what company? Well, it's Hasbro or Mattel. 
I'm going to say Hasbro. Yes. Okay. In Poltergeist. Yes. 1982. Okay. Getting a 4K this year. Uh, just now, actually. On what is the housing community Quest of Air Day built? On a Native American grave. Wrong. A cemetery. Yes. So, yes, that's right. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. I like how you said Native American. Yeah, we always try to be politically correct here. American we Psycho attempt. 2000 was based on a novel of the same name by what author? That is, uh, what is his fucking name? Fucking asshole. No. no. Uh, he has a podcast that I've listened to. Uh, Lord have mercy on my soul for I have sinned. I can't remember his name. Wait, give me the first name. When I say it, you're going to get it. Brett. Uh, Brett Easton Ellis. Right. Fuck, man. God damn it. Okay. I just couldn't surface it. The Brett Easton Ellis podcast. Eric. Yeah. Way harder than that one. Okay. Who directed Scream? 1996. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm fucking with you, Dawes Wes Craven. Yes. Uh, let the right one in 2008. Okay. Was based on the novel of the same by what author? Oh, by what author? Yeah. Well, I won't get that, Da. John Lindquist. Lindquist. Yikes. In audition, yeah, 1999. Yeah. What is the audition process meant to help Aoma find? Uh, a woman for her father. A wife. A wife. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Eh. Yeah. I'd, I'd want the point if we we're being disputed. You get the point. In The Mummy, uh, 2017, that's a joke. In The Mummy, 1932, what actor played the titular character? You know what sucks? Is you would know that one? I, it's <laughs> Sophia Botella? Yeah. Um, in that film, Boris Karloff. Yes. Okay. Abby is revealed to be what type of supernatural being in? Let me in. Oh, shit. Vampire. Yes. That was another joke, duh. I know. God, I'm funny. You're getting a lot of easy ones, Don. Although released as Dead Alive in North America, what was the original title for the film? Brain Dead. You are correct. Who directed Eraserhead? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'll stop doing that. David Lynch. Yes. Uh, at 7 p.m., on what date does the annual Purge commence in the Purge series? Oh, on what date? Yeah. Uh, July 4th? This says March 21st. Yeah, I didn't get that one, Doc. My bad. In It Follows, the lead character, Jamie J. Height, is played by what actress, Doc? Micah Monroe? Yep. Go ahead. Uh, What is the name of the demon tormenting protagonist, Kristen Kristen Brown, in Drag Me to Hell? Oh, my God. I know its fucking name. Bathsheba. Not going to pronounce right. La Mia? Ah, yeah. Can't win them all. In The Omen 1976, what is the shape of the birthmark possessed by the Antichrist? Three sixes. I guess I'll look. Yeah. Uh, is the killer caught at the end of Black Christmas 1974? No. The killer is never caught. It, even, it says that on the back of the card. That's correct. What Footloose actor was also in Friday the 13th? Um, Kevin Sausage. <laughs> oh, he was in Hollow Man, right? Kevin Bacon. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Uh, in The Orphanage 2007, 
Laura wants the reopened orphanage to specifically cater to what type of children? Uh, blind? Disabled? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. I wanted you to be less specific. The vengeful spirit in Juwan, 2002, has what color hair? Gray. What? Are you joking? I'm not. I would have said black, though. It's black. It's black! It's black! God (laughs) damn it. Do you like this mood lighting, Eric? Do I need to turn a light on? It's a little dark for me. It's a little dark, if I'm being honest. Name the killer in Friday the 13th. As a joke. It's Jason. It's Jason. No. Afraid not. I know it's Jason. He wears the hockey mask from Friday the 13th. Uh, the other day I was trying to do a stew impersonation and Dana told me I was doing a bad job, but I thought I was like nailing it. Were you like, uh, and this one's a screamer. No, it was, uh, let's face it these days. There's that- got to be a sequel. But, you know, I don't want to do it now because now I'm all self-conscious. <laughs> I was going to say Because fucking Dana told me I did a bad job. Okay, Eric. We should move on. Okay. That was Horror Edition Trivial, Trivial Pursuit. Horror Edition Man. Trivial Pursuit. That UPS driver's lost. That's the third time I've seen him go around. Yeah. You Can you relate? You know what? I've been in that situation. Yeah, I've I'm been sure in that house. Have. I'm sure you have, Doc. Yeah. And with that, that concludes our uh, Trivial Pursuit. Yes. And now it's time for what we've been watching. Yes. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. We're going to do a few. uh, We might rattle. But the biggest one of them all that we somehow managed to miss was Dan Trachtenberg's. Pray. Yes. Yes, Eric. I forgot about it. Yeah, I know, well, asshole. No, not, not in because that you were respect. fucking naming what well, films we were going to say. And I was, like, I was like seething inside, and I was like, oh, this motherfucker's not saying pray. Uh, this motherfucker's not saying pray. Eric, did you like Dan Trachtenberg's No, I only watched it three fucking times, duh. I really want to see it again. I loved it. Yes. Yeah. We all loved it. What else? It's always tough. Like, what do we have to say about pray? It's fucking good. Here's it should have been thing, in though. theater. Here's my thing, though. I don't like how you're starting this. Oh, no, I love Prey. I'm not going to say anything bad. I just said I watched it three times. Would I have watched it three times, though, if it had gone to the theater? I would have seen it twice. For sure. You know, it was definitely the convenience. But it was, like, also that good to me. The first time I watched it, you know, it was with you. And then... Oh, that was the last time we saw each other. It was for Prey, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, like, August 5th or something like that. Correct. Um, and then I was excited to see the Comanche cut, um, which I know I just said we like to be politically correct here, and I'm not saying this to be politically correct. I genuinely enjoyed the Comanche cut more. I thought that was the better version huh. of the film because I feel like their body language matches uh, like the dialogue that's like coming out. It seems more realistic well, let me ask to me. you this. So the Comanche cut, I would have watched if I was sure... I thought it was dubbed. Is it not dubbed? It is dubbed, but it's still, I don't know. It worked for me. But they're, but they're speaking English in the scene, correct? 
but then it's dubbed in Comanche. The the characters are speaking Comanche, in, in, but in the scene, in the scene, visually, okay, the characters are saying things in English, and then it's dubbed over with Comanche. Yes. Okay. So the reason I'm asking is it kind of made it sound like there was a Comanche version where they were speaking Comanche in the film. Oh, no, I think it's dubbed. Right. So if it was that, I would never in my life watch the English version. That'd be the greatest oh, thing ever. I get what you're but, saying. But, but having to li- read subtitles, because I'm assuming, I, I don't know what, what Comanche sounds like. So there's moments in the, in the English version where they speak Comanche. Yeah. Yes. And it's not translated. So what was neat was in the Comanche version, you see what they're saying. Yeah. And uh, there's one terrific part where... I wish they had just shot it in Comanche and we had to read it. That right. that, that, that would have been That's my nuts. preference. Right? Yeah. And so by the time I'm now... I feel like... You see what I'm saying? It's like removed. Right. Like it's not a Comanche version. They dubbed it. I feel like that's... I'm not against it. I'm saying that that's not... Like for instance, like if I watch Insider Martyrs, right? Those are French films. I, I want to hear them speak French because they are that, speaking that's they French spoke, right? in the film and I want their inflections in the film and then I have to read what they're saying. This is like almost the opposite, right? I just thought it was neat that it was almost like more film because, you know, in the English version, they don't translate what they're saying. Right. Whereas in the Comanche version, it's subtitled in English and now I knew what he was saying and sure. I just thought that was neat for like the scenes where that happens. Sure. I mean, you know me, I like the immersion. So if they're not showing us what they're saying, I just, we get it from how they're saying it, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I liked having more, I guess, because I liked the film uh, that much. And then I watched it a third time with my uh, mother. I want it to come Um, out on fucking 4k. Can we get a disc? Yeah. That's a, a sticky subject. That's a, that's a tough situation. Yeah. But I mean, love to pray. Won't be surprised if I watch it again. Yeah, I loved, I loved it as well. Um, I hadn't seen a lot of, I guess, like some of the biggest moments, like um, slight spoiler, there's a bear. Uh, I guess that was like in the trailer and stuff. I had never watched any of the trailers for Prey. Mm. So like I was having a fucking ball because I didn't know what was going to happen next. Um, man, it's so good. Yeah, I, I only forgot about it because think about it. All the movies we're going to talk, that's the oldest movie that we would bring up. Yeah. I was trying to go back. I'm like, uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. Okay. Uh, uh, I also watched uh, the sadness, which we'll talk about, mm. and that was but like that was a while like July ago. though. Yeah. But I think we just watched it. Yeah, recently. Yep. Yeah. Okay. No. What's <laughs> so we love pray, da. Yeah, we love pray. We love pray. Uh, let's do let's do bodies, bodies, bodies. Let's do bodies, bodies, bodies. I went into that film thinking it was gonna be a slasher. It's not a slasher. Nope. Uh, I would call it a murder mystery. Who done it? Uh, Who done it? And I thought it was terrific. I thought it was a lot of uh, fun. What yeah. about you? Yeah, I feel pretty similar. I've I've liked it the more I've thought about it later. Um, when I initially left, I was kind of turned off by the filmmaking. I feel like How so? the shots, it's very... Was it, it was super dark. I was going to say, it's very like... like uh, It reminds me of Spring Breakers. Okay. Like, um, you but know, would you say that's kind of the point of both of those films where like those characters are supposed to be irritable? For, for sure. But my preference is like actually... Um, taking time and shooting something beautifully. And this was like walk around with people with flashlights with shaky cam. Right. I mean, so the, the, I felt like the technical, the technical level of it wasn't very high, but, um, what it did bring was I, I really liked those characters Mm. and it's funny because you're supposed to hate them, but like, I still sympathize with them. Right. Like that's how good of a job those actors and actresses did. I liked them. Yeah. 
And it was kind of funny because by the time like shit's popping off or whatever, I was like, oh, I don't want them to like, even though they're like annoying. Right. Because the film is sort of commenting on like uh, Zoomer. That generation. Culture, uh, TikTok and stuff like that. Um, I still found a way to want them to live. Uh, and I feel like that's an achievement of the film. I feel like that is, that, that, me, that told me later, I was like, you know, the filmmaking was good. I just didn't like the way it was shot. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I really liked it. I agree. And I, I don't know if you want to say more about it, that I kind of thought it was going to be a slasher. Like someone was like, I thought it was going to be somebody like in a mask, but that's not what it is at all. I didn't think it was going to be someone in a mask, but I thought it was going to be at least more violent or no, that's what I was hoping for. Let's say that. Right. And going into it, I'd kind of heard like, Oh, it's like a zoomer scream. And I was like, Oh, cool. It's not that, not that whatsoever. No, not that whatsoever. And I feel like it's not even close to that. Like you said, it's a whodunit. It's more, it's closer to mm. knives out than, and, and I know you're going to hate me for this, but, uh, cause I know you hate when I say shit like this. <laughs> uh, but that final reveal, like goddamn, like amazing that, that like, yes, that put a bow on that was smart. Like that Very was smart. like, wow, that I would not have guessed that. And I can't remember how to say her last name, but I really liked Maria Bakalova. We'll say that's right. Cause you know, uh, I'm not going to get it right from Borat too. Right. Uh, this is like her. That's her. Yes. Holy shit. I didn't know and, that. Uh, I thought she was just really like emotive. She doesn't say a lot. No. But it was kind of a cool character. Like I felt like I wanted She's kind her. of the outcast. Yeah. Of, the, I, of all the characters. I thought she was really good. And then I, I thought I was going to hate all the other girls. And again, mm-hmm. I didn't, I thought I liked them. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's just having characters in your film. You'll like them, but I don't think so. Cause there's movies I've seen where that has like, uh, I hate all the characters in that movie. So mm. I didn't like it. I didn't feel that way. And it was mm. again, because it was weird because the film was trying to tell me like, Oh fuck these people in a way. Right. But I did like them. Uh, I'm going to say this several times throughout the podcast, but this is definitely a film where now that I know what it is, I'm sure I'll enjoy it much more on a second viewing. I'm very surprised. Like after the first time I saw it, I was like, yeah, I'll probably never watch that again, but I liked it. Oh, I had the blue pre-ordered and well, there's a 4k of it coming. Um, he dog doesn't have a 4k, but TV. you will, but you will in the future. Um, yeah, I will say, uh, when I left, I was kind of like, eh, like it was, How come that's getting a, a 4k. I feel like I don't know. 24 doesn't do until like later down the road where you have I, to order it from their store. It's weird what they pick. You know, they picked everything everywhere all at once, which is right. one of the best movies of the year. Right. So it kind of made sense there, but then they didn't do men. They didn't do X. They made a fucking sequel to X, but they didn't put out a 4K disc of it. Right. Um, and also, uh, uh, so there. this one, I, I kind of think maybe they figured out what they're going to do. Maybe there's a little bit of a play here because I think it's the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies 4K is going to be exclusive to Best Buy. Oh. And I wonder if maybe that's how they're going to justify it. Like maybe Best Buy will throw them more money for it or something. I don't know. Hmm. Anyways, bodies, bodies, bodies. Uh, I liked it. I thought I was going to hate Pete Davidson in it. I thought he was okay. He's fun, I thought. Uh, Lee, Pace, Lee Pace is good. Very fun. Yeah, he's very a lot fun. of fun. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess I won't say it again. Just that I was surprised how much I liked the people in it, even mm. though I was supposed to hate them. Correct. Uh, so it was good. Uh, I keep checking Amazon to see if I can pre-order... Marcel the shell with shoes on. It's not up. Nope. Uh, I do want to see that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so I'm kicking tables over here. Are we good on bodies, bodies, bodies? We're great on bodies, bodies, bodies. So in the same weekend, because Carlsbad gets shit late and weird. Yeah. We got bodies, bodies, bodies a week later. And, and the same week we got Beast. Yeah. And uh, look, so we'll talk Beast. Uh, I'm sure. Beast was a fine 90 minutes. I agree. I'm not going to watch that movie again. I'm I can tell not, you that. I'm not either. E-Dog does not have that pre-ordered. But 
I do wonder sometimes, like, am I just a psychopath? Because yes, did you notice how well shot it was and like how like I leaned over to my brother because this is why I brought it up. Okay, we had just seen bodies, 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 and I was like, yeah, it's kind of like not shot that well. I didn't like. I don't think it's a good looking movie in my opinion. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, and it was funny because we saw Beast, and I was like, this is like fucking two thousand one, a space odyssey, compared to the way bodies, bodies, bodies was shot because they're just that one is so unconventionally shot, handy Mm. cam running around shit like that. And then to see Beast, which was like all steady cam, tons of one shots, which are likely faked, but it doesn't matter for the experience. Tons of one shots, tons of cameras going through windows and out into stuff. And I was like, even when it was, it's, you know, it's not the best movie ever, but I was like, damn, this is like technically well made. Hmm. And so it's kind of funny seeing it back to back with Bodies, 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 where I felt like that was part of my issue with that movie, even though I did like it. So without going crazy, uh, I guess I'll shut up. Just say like, I thought beast was really competent and really good. Mm. And I guess I was expecting it to be shit. Mm. So by the time I'm in there and it's like a one shot and you know, it's like a 20, uh, probably 15 minute shot without cutting. I was like, Oh, okay. That's cool. I mean, definitely give E dog more animal attack movies. Yeah. So, I mean, that was fun. Wish it was more violent. Yes. But, uh, and I also like Charto Copley. Me too. Look at the little prune. Here comes the sweetie man. I'm trying to think of a Chappie. Oh, worst movie That's ever. also him. Eric. I oh, I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to forget because Chappie is so awful. Yeah. Um, Still haven't seen Demonic. Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah, what happened to Neil Blomkamp? He just like fell off the cliff? Uh, he only had one movie in him. Yeah. And everybody said for forever, I wish he would have made that alien thing. It's like, do you? Right. Are you sure? Right. Uh Shout out to Neil Blomkamp. I, Neil Blomkamp getting fucking ricochet shots. During during the press for Beast, Copley was saying like he's finally going to do District 10. Yeah. So we'll I'll believe about that, that. Yeah. when I see it. I think that was a Paramount movie. No, Sony. Yikes. I, I don't see Sony like giving him a bunch of money for that. Right. Uh, anyways. So Beast, not a lot to say. Just thought it was really good. I feel like it's a movie that people should give a chance because it is all it looks like, but it it's more competently shot and better than I expected. I, when I first saw the trailers, I think this is like an expectations issue because when I saw the trailers for bodies, 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 I thought it was going to be amazing. I thought it was just really good. And when I saw the trailers for beast, I thought, Oh fuck, what a bummer. That looks awful. Right? I love Idris Elba. What a bummer. And I was wrong. Like, I feel right. like Beast was really good and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies wasn't as good as I was going to be. Right. Expectations, probably. If, if I had to pick b- between the two, I definitely enjoyed Bodies, Bodies, Bodies more. Yeah. It's def- It's funny because I didn't say that originally. Uh, but now thinking about it, like, I want to see that movie again. And I don't really want to see Beast again. So I agree. Right. No, I, if, if I'm watching Beast again, it's like with my mom. Yeah. And right? we know what that means. Yeah. So, Eric. Yeah. That was Beast. That was Beast. Let's also talk the sadness. Why don't you tell us what the sadness is? Oh, okay. The sadness is a, um, I believe it's Chinese. Taiwanese? And I could be wrong too. Because, you know, they're speaking Chinese in the film. But I think it's Taiwanese. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I could be is. wrong, Don. Um, it's, uh, we apologize. Yeah, this, uh, it, this is on Shutter. It's uh, There's a pandemic um, that has already been going on for at least a year plus uh, at the start of the film. And you learn the virus has been mutating. So many people are um, 
catching it. And you learn that it's also not being taken very seriously. Uh, at the start of the film, we see a, um, this man is like watching like a YouTube video where this man is interviewing a doctor and the doctor's trying to explain how dangerous this disease can get because of how many times it's mutated. But of course, this man is just downplaying everything that he has to say. It's very familiar. What, yes. What, what's happened with uh, COVID. And uh, so the day is the day of the film starting is finally when like, okay, now the virus is serious. Yes. It's, it's mutated enough to where the people that get it, it causes them to just be completely uninhibited and just to act out their most violent and sexual acts that they can on other beings. And the gimmick is they're conscious when they're doing it. So they're crying thus calling it uh, the sadness. Right. Uh, there's crying two, blood as well, right? It's like black goo, isn't yes. it? Or their eyes are black and then it's like uh, crying blood. Um, at the start of the film, we meet this young couple. He takes his girlfriend to work. Shit starts popping off. He's got to try to traverse the city to reach his girlfriend. Keegan, thoughts on the sadness? Yeah, so uh, this was recommended. I mean, obviously this is a big film in the genre, but I probably wouldn't have watched it just based on time. But uh, shout out, Shane saw what's up. Uh, Shane had kind of said, hey, you need to watch The Sadness. And I was like, okay, well, if Shane's going to tell me I need to watch it, I'll watch it. I watched it, and yeah, I thought it was fucking crazy as hell, you know, and I thought it was really cool. Um, You know, my notes for The Sadness are crazy as hell, violent as fuck, but didn't connect to emotionally to anything in it, but love the mean-spiritedness of the violence. Mm. But I feel like the plot it kind of left something to be desired. Like I felt like it was sort of a, um, the best way I can say it is almost like a video game. Like it, it just kind of drops you in. It's kind of like, here's the situation. Here's a bunch of violent shit and kind of drop out. That's how I found it. And it's sort and, and I'm not, it just, for me, it just didn't, I didn't connect to it. So I didn't like outright love it, but I thought it was cool as hell. Uh, and loved how crazy it was. I guess mm. is how I would put it. Eric, what did you think of the sadness? Um, well, I mean, that was the draw for me. Was like supposedly it was supposed to be like this the fucked most up. violent film of the year. Yeah, right? and uh, like Rue Moore called it the most violent zombie movie ever. And um, I guess if we're getting if if E Dog's nitpicking, um, they're like twenty eight days later zombies, right? Yeah, they're like rage zombies, not living dead uh, zombies, and. Uh, I just kind of thought it was okay. Um, I feel like Joe Lynch explored this idea much better in uh, Mayhem. Mayhem. Mayhem, yeah. Um, didn't, I don't know. Didn't do much for you, Doug. It's interesting that we both sort of had the same reaction to it. Um, and so sorry, Shane. Uh, I did like it. Mm. I did like it. But um, I don't know. Something about it just I didn't connect. I felt like there wasn't enough. I mean, yes, I, you know, the film is about, you know, basically a boyfriend trying to save his girlfriend, mm-hmm. which on its face sounds like emotional. Um, but I feel like it was just too flippant with it. I don't know how to explain it. Like right. it was, do you think that was part of the, like, probably you know, like intentional because like the rest of it is supposed to be so like crazy. Right. So probably crass. because I feel like it was just sort of like a vignette of crazy shit is right. kind of how I found it. And so. I thought it was cool. Like that sounds cool and it is, but I didn't ultimately like connect to it on some high level. Like I would 
um, trying to think of violent stuff that's, I can't even think of something that's not French, like we always do. Um, fuck, even the Hills Have Eyes remake, right? Like I feel like I have people that I'm rooting for and stuff. And I don't know, something about something about the sadness didn't connect, but I did like it. And I feel like it was just not, uh, yeah, it drops you in. Crazy yeah. fucking run, cra- you know, insanity. You know, but I feel like it never really paused for any uh, emotion. It was like, just go. You know what I mean? Uh, there was one bit that I thought, like, if this was like, uh, if you were ever actually in this situation, it would be terrifying. Uh, there's a bit where uh, these people are on a train, and so there's just nowhere to go, and this guy has a knife, and he's just, like, stabbing people in the cabin of the train. And um, I don't know. So, like, that was kind of neat, just thinking, like, oh, shit. Like, what if you're in – I mean, I guess that's what's fun about horror movies is thinking, you know, like, what would you do if you're in this yeah. situation? And that was definitely a terrifying idea. Well, Eric, this is why I like talking to you about movies because I will say that was it's crazy you brought it up, but it kind of illuminates how I don't I don't know if I should say good that scene is, but yes, that was right. definitely the scariest part of the movie. And I remember, you know, you don't want to speak things into it in, into an existence, but I'm watching that thinking, God, that would be fucking terrifying, right? Because yeah, you can. You know, I remember watching that scene, and like he and then said, they start like raping people. Okay, yeah, I'm not necessarily <laughs> in, in that same bit in that yeah. same cabin, and I'm and not it's necessarily like, holy shit. But it was just somebody like just you know with a knife, you know, like right. that. And uh, obviously, you could tackle him, but you know, watching the film, I've put myself there, and I'm like, is he joking? You know, you don't know what's going on, right. and then by the time it's and then he has a contagious disease oh, that, every, yes. that everyone's just contracting that's next right. to him. And yeah. it's, it, it's sort of obviously a COVID allegory. Right. I don't know if this was made in the wake of COVID. I have no and idea. It has to, dude. It has to. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, just like the commentary at the start of the film where like people want to dismiss right. what it is. Like To me, this was 100% COVID influenced. Yeah, and of course, has that frustrating element of everybody like discussing it so long they miss it. And then it like, in this case... Uh, we won't get into COVID, but in this case, they like dismiss it so long. It like, it, it takes everyone over and it's too late, right? You know, before everyone will believe it. And of course that's an allegory, but, um, you're right. You, you know, this guy with the knife and it's like, if, you know, you think if they had COVID, it's like, Oh, but they have COVID. I got to stay away from them, <laughs> you know, especially early on. Cause it's kind right. of that unknown. Um, so yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that scene up. That was terrifying. Yeah. Um, so I, I just kind of thought it was okay. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I thought it was cool. The violence was cool, but you can't just show me a bunch of crazy shit. It also right. has to mean something. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying this didn't. I'm saying I just didn't connect to it. I don't know. You know, so I'm not like saying the film doesn't, you know, maybe it does for some people. But for me, it just didn't, I don't know. Didn't I mean, connect. I mean, I literally watched a movie one time called Violent Shit. Yes. And that's what I want. I just want gore and violence. But there was like nothing else in that. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, this sucks. So yeah. yes, give me gnarly gore. I also want to care about these characters. Yeah, and I sort of find that sometimes like with, uh, you know, trauma stuff back in the day. Right. Or, you know, just stuff where it's like um, a Serbian film is an example of like, at least that film does have characters. Yeah. But I stand by that being a good film. And I've talked about it recently. I do like it more. But um, I think one that doesn't, and maybe maybe I'll get ricochet shots for this. Okay. But uh, like the second... um, Human Centipede film, mm. you know, I feel like the first one has people in it. It is horrible what's happening in that movie. But by two, but, he was already going for like gross out. Right. And by that point, it's, and he's making a point or whatever, but I don't give a shit because it's like, well, I don't care about what's happening then. If it's all flippant, who gives a fuck? Right. 
Um, You're showing me a guy fucking masturbating with fucking. Uh, we bleep all this. Uh, Goddamn! What is it? Sandpaper. Sandpaper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesus. You know, it also reminds me of, and these films have a place for other reasons, but it reminds me of like, I remember I watched the, uh, I spit on your grave remake. Mm. I thought that was okay. Um, But you know, of course a hard film to watch just like the original. Mm. And then I watched the I spit on your grave remake sequel. And I felt like it was just so like by that point, it was just so mean spirited for no reason with no character like mattering. Mm. And again, the word I like to say flippant, like it just felt so like, disregarding of like, it was just like, here's mean spirited shit. And it's like, that is not why I watch movies. Right. Um, so I did not like that fucking sequel to that movie. Uh, again, they have a place for, you know, maybe that catharsis or whatever. Like I'm not trying to, to dismiss that because those films are rape revenge movies. Anyways, we don't have to get into that, but um, I don't know. But the sadness is not necessarily that I don't feel like it's that, but it just didn't connect. So there you go. That's the sadness. Eric, give me your thing that I haven't seen. So, Eric, you go ahead on your what we've been watching. I promise we will talk Pearl eventually. Barbarian. Oh, okay, so uh, one film that I'm excited to talk about is uh, probably going to mispronounce this name. That's E-Dog's thing. We should just call this the Mispronunciation uh, Podcast. <laughs> uh, Robert Byerman's 1988 Vampire Kiss. Uh, this is a Nicolas Cage film. Yes. Where uh, he is a like an upper-class New York businessman who is bitten by a vampire. Now, I've either seen this or the Jim Carrey one. Jim Carrey is like Transylvania 5000. Is that it? No. It's Vampire's Kiss and um, I can't think of the other one. They were a double pack from Scream Factory at one time. Uh, Scream Factory did release Vampire's Kiss, but it was a double feature with High Spirits in 2015. Maybe I'm thinking High Spirits. Anyways, go ahead, Eric. Yeah. Um, I watched one of those. That's how I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad you brought up the Jim Carrey one because I think that's how this film was like marketed was like as a comedy and this shit is not a comedy at fucking all. Okay. Um, he's just like this fucking asshole. He's just this terrible person. And then whenever he's bit by a vampire that increases his asshole niche. Okay. And he starts slowly turning into uh, a vampire. Um, I read, uh, so uh, MVD Rewind. Yes. They just put this out again yep. on blue, right? And uh, High Def Digest um, reviewed the film. And so I'm reading it and they compare it to Taxi Driver and Joker. And I'm like, what? You know, like, I always thought this film is supposed to be a comedy, right? Right. So it's on Tubi. It expires in three days. I'm like, you're, you're hitting me. Pick with all, them up. You're hitting me with all the right things, right? So uh, I watch it. And while I would not have made that leap to um, those two films, it is somebody who, who about, it is a film about somebody with mental health uh, problems that descends into violence. Okay. And uh, God damn, it was really good. It was just like really well, you like it a lot. I loved it. Like nice. I, I almost want to call well, it. Eric, I don't know if you know this, but half the time when you describe a film, you uh, then say, eh, it was all right. Though. Oh, oh man. Like, I feel like I'm giddy uh, explaining oh, this. Good. I have a giddy film next too. This is like damn near um, a masterpiece. A masterpiece? Which, which I know is crazy. I saw other people comparing it to American Psycho, which makes more sense uh, to me. Um, 
here's the thing. This is like the Nicolas Cage meme movie where like everybody like makes fun of him for it. I feel like I genuinely like Nick Cage yeah. overacting. I feel like I'm laughing with him and not at him. Right. Um, We've discussed this in the past. Vampire's Kiss blew my mind. Wow. How good it was. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely watch it. Yeah. I feel like I watched it, but it might have been that Jim Carrey movie. Might have been that Jim Carrey movie. Yeah. Because this was not like Okay, I think the a one I watched was all. funny. Yeah. Uh, well, that's exciting. Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. Again, yeah. it was funny because like both those came out. I wanted to see them on that double pack. At one point, I watched one of them. It must have been the other. And I never did Do see Do you the have other. that double pack? Nope. Oh. I just, that, that was how I found out about them. This is like 2014 or something. 2015. Or, yeah, 15 when they put, or six, whatever it was, a while ago. And I was like, I've never heard of these. And now, of course, they're being re-released. MVD put out this one. So I'm cruising eBay last night. Uh, so I, I bought the MVD. Right, rewind. Uh, rewind, release, you know, because after I watched it on Tubi, I was like, I need a copy of this film. But I'm cruising eBay last night to see what, that Scream Factory double feature is going for $120. It's between 40 and a hundo. You oh, know, that's not bad. Not nothing too crazy. While I'm looking though, you know what other Scream Factory double feature I see that Troll. Blackula. Oh. And Scream Blackula Scream. And that shit is like 130 bucks. Wow. Now I'm more stoked to own that disc. So I have the Troll Troll 2 double pack. Dude, is that one you bought after Mark? No, I bought that at Hastings. Oh, nice. And they're and they're going out of business sale for $10. I think it's worth like 160 on eBay. Jesus Christ! Yeah. I know that uh, that Slumber Party Massacre two and three is like, and I did the have same. That. You did have? Oh, you sold that one, huh? I got rid of it. You sold it? Yes. Yeah. Can you care to elaborate on how much you got for it? Well, I don't want to be one of those people, Eric. I'm asking. You're not just bragging. I think it sold for 120. You're lying. Nope. Damn. That's fire. I needed money for other movies. That's awesome, duh. So, so Vampire's Kiss blew my socks off. Well, this is perfect timing. Yes. Wait, because wait, tell me what you got. I have a masterpiece that I saw. Oh, okay. That Eric, when I say the title, just tell me if you've seen it because okay. I feel like it's possible, but Eric, I've never heard of this movie. Lay it on me. So uh, I'll give credit where credit's due. I was listening to the Slash Film Daily podcast. Okay. This is not the Slash Film cast, which is originally the film pod. This is kind of modeled after that, the Slash Film cast. Anyways. Slash Home Daily Podcast, they do every day, and they do movie news, box office reports, stuff that Kigi loves. Okay. One of the guys on there says, you know, I watched this 80s uh, Tom Hanks film. And I'm very – so I'm, I'm, I'm nervous to talk about this movie because of how much I liked it. And I, and I will say immediately – I'm like I, all ears right now. This is not going to be for everybody. The, the Burbs is the Burbs, right? It's a masterpiece. But, man, this one speaks to me – it's crazy. It's kooky. Uh, this is called... So anyways, on the podcast, he's like, I watched it. Here's the title. Here's the premise. I'll tell you the premise. And I was like, what the fuck? And I didn't listen after that. I'm like, with that premise, I got to see this. It's called Joe versus the Volcano. Mm, Joe Dante, right? Nope. No. Nope. Uh, actually, it's the guy that ended up doing Moonstruck. Oh. Directed it. Have you seen this? I've seen Moonstruck, but no, I've not seen Joe. Joe versus the volcano. Uh, let me stop you. He's going to like dive into the volcano to like face his fears or something, right? Kind of. Okay. So Joe versus the volcano, I'll do my best. Uh, but the premise of this film is it begins very dreary. And uh, it's almost so dreary, it's like you almost want to just turn it off. Uh, it stars Tom Hanks uh, working at this 
really drab factory. Uh, he walks into work. He looks like shit. He looks like he's having a bad time. He goes in and he works at this factory and his boss is a dick to him. And he's, he's saying, I don't feel well. I don't feel well. Uh, I'm going to the doctor later. I have to take a lunch to go to the doctor. So he goes to the doctor. So he's obviously not having a great time in his life. And he gets told at the doctor that uh, he only has three months to live. Mm. So he has a, uh, I won't say what he has. He has, let's just call it a cancer. He has a terminal illness? He has a, thank you, a terminal illness. He has three months to live and he has, that's it. He's going to die. And so that when he leaves the doctor, he he's like, um, well, I don't know. What do I do now? Like, I'm going to die in three months? Like, what's my life? Because he's living this worthless, lonely existence. Sound familiar? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, so, and the doctor's like, well, I don't know. I think I'd want to like live my life out. You know, if I only have three months, I'd hope I'd have fun. And he's like, all right. So he leaves. Well, I'll stop on the premise, but he goes home and somebody knocks on his door and it's this multimillionaire that has a proposition for him. And he tells him, if you commit to going to this island out in the South Pacific and I will get you there. I'll get a boat for you, all that. I need you to commit to jumping into the volcano in this uh, indigenous population on this island. They believe that uh, it has to be, that the, the, the island has to be fed like every hundred years or whatever. And he, the guy, the, the cynical idea is the guy needs the uh, materials from the, the island. So like, uh, uh, mining operations, whatever. And so he's like, I'll pay you because you're going to die in three minutes. Anyway, I'll give you a credit cards. I'll give you all this stuff. You can do whatever you want on my dime for the next three months. But at the end of the three months, you have to go to that Island and jump in the fucking volcano. And, uh, uh, Tom Hanks just goes, eh, okay. And thus Joe versus the volcano. Um, and so what ensues, I won't say How what, did you watch this? Uh, this was actually on HBO Max. Okay. And then I, I liked it so much, I bought the, uh, there's a Warner Archive Blu-ray hmm. on Amazon for 17 bucks, bought it, showed it to Ben and Sabra like that next weekend. Um, and it's, it's, it's like Burbs era Tom Hanks. It's very slapstick. It's a little, uh, you know, this is, it's like the film is super like, crazy stupid and funny but it'll also pause for like these more ponderous moments about life and like why we're here and stuff so of course it sounds like something i'd like but i also love tom hanks and it it stars uh meg ryan in it it's like their first film together i think Hmm. and uh she's she's young he's young it's like the prime of them and uh it's amazing and so the film you know does he go to the volcano and does he jump in uh and does he does he uh, make good on his promise? Uh, but along the way, of course, he spends all of this money and has a great time. Uh, or does he? So Joe versus the volcano. Um, again, so I'm very excited about it, which is why I'm pausing a lot. This is a movie I loved, mm-hmm. but I will say I don't think this is going to be for everybody. Like Some people are going to be like, oh, fuck off. Like mm. This isn't funny or whatever it kind of appealed to my sensibilities, which is like, this is like a crazy, stupid, funny movie. Hmm. Um, But yeah. And then it also has these more like ponderous moments about life and existence. So 
Joe versus the Volcano. I wish I could say more, but just watch it. I loved it. If you don't love it, I'm sorry, but Joe versus the Volcano is amazing. I did watch it on HBO Max. That sounds good. So that, sounds fun. that's like my favorite movie I've seen in the last like three months. Well, outside of theater stuff and big movies. Right. My favorite find of the year. Okay. Eric, what's your next film? All right. Uh, I got How are we going to follow up our favorite finds of the year? Uh, I'll go with one that kind of bummed me out. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched a film called Flesh Eater. Uh, I saw your rating on Letterboxd. This is a 1988 film. Um, Vinegar Syndrome put it out maybe a couple months ago. Supposedly it's a sequel. No. This isn't to, isn't it like a a pseudo sequel to Night of the Living Dead or something like that? The, the very first zombie that we see in the original Night of the Living Dead is played by this man, uh, S. William Heinzman and, he directed, co-wrote, and stars in Flesh Eater. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and I'd seen this film before. Uh, like I had the like Shriek Show DVD. I still have the Shriek Show DVD. Um, but I'd only seen it once. And I remember thinking it was bad then. Uh, but I thought, well, you know, it's this brand new Blu-ray. They even did it on on 4K. You know, I thought I'd like to to uh, revisit it. So I went ahead, ordered a copy from from Amazon. How much? $33. Oh my God, Eric. And uh, you know what's funny is I think this is my first vinegar, vinegar syndrome uh, title. Anyways, uh, so the year is 1988. I have uh, Christmas Evil, I believe. Okay. And Jack Frost. I thought, didn't uh, MVD Rewind also do those? They put it out again. But okay. I have the original Vinegar. Vinegar Syndrome Jack Frost. Okay. Well, shout out to and MVD. And that movie fucking sucks. Yeah. Shaq Frost. Shout out MVD Rewind for re-releasing stuff that you may have yes. missed the first time around, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would much rather have the Scream Factory Vampire Kiss, but I'll take the MVD Rewind. I wonder if this, this is a new transfer. It might be. Of Vampire's Kiss. Oh, from what I read, it's not. And it's, like, and it's like ported, you Ooh. know, extras. Anyways, I mean, Ooh. I paid $17. Oh. Which sounds Not a lot bad, better uh, than right than seventeen is pretty good uh, than what it's going for on aftermarket. Let prices. me tell you this, Eric. Yeah, I, I was going to talk about this earlier, but okay. I got my you know limited edition Martyrs release on Blu-ray from France, Australia, Australia. Seventy-two dollars shipped. That's uh, that's a little expensive, duh. I, I heard you like swallow, <laughs> but. <laughs> I could have got the cheaper, like, uh, there was like a regular edition. Yeah, you need the one that jerks you off. Yes. Duh. Right, right. Uh, the, mar- with- the Martyrs that jerks you off. Yeah, right? That it, does not sound like. It has like lobby cards in it, right? It did. Yeah. And it had a very nice slip box on it that I had to have. Right. I'm does very it, happy Does it, it lift up or does it pull to the side? It pulls to the side. Okay. Are we still talking about? We're, I'm, trying <laughs> to, I'm trying to do flesh eater, It pulls dog. to the right a little bit. Yeah. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, okay. So the year is 1988, right? And it's Halloween day. And we get a group of kids who are, they're going to go into the deep, into the Pennsylvania uh, forest, deep into the Pennsylvania woods so they can have themselves. They're going to drink beer and they're going to have themselves a, a Halloween party, right? Sounds incredible. And you know what, duh? I'm not from Pennsylvania, but man, do I love that aesthetic. It's just kind of real dreary yes. out there. So East Coast shit. Right, so this man drives them out in a tractor, and he's like, he gives them two options because uh, it's cold. Uh, Pick them up. I can come back at midnight. I'll come back at midnight, and if you guys want to go home then, 
we can go home then. Or if you just want to stay the night, well, then I'll come back for you the following morning, you know, a few hours later. So, uh, this third, so, so this random asshole is also out in the, in the forest and he's like playing around in the dirt or something. I don't know what the fuck he's doing on the ground, but, uh, he finds the shallow grave and he digs it up and there's a casket and inside the casket is Bill Heinzman and he awakens Bill Heinzman, Bill Heinzman, uh, bites him, thus starting, you know, zombies, right? Film starts real strong, though. We got some titties. Okay. We got some good gore. Okay. Uh, the Halloween setting is excellent because of decorations that we see, costumes kids are, are wearing. Uh, there's this terrific bit where... Uh, this mom is trying to get her children ready for trick-or-treating before trick-or-treaters start showing up at their house. And uh, eventually trick-or-treaters start showing up, but it's not who uh, they are expecting. Unfortunately, the story just starts to meander. Okay. Um, in fact, it jumps to so many different characters that sometimes it would go back to characters, and I was like, oh, we're still dealing with them? Um, just loses its steam. Um, so I can only like recommend this to like, the most hardcore of like zombie enthusiasts. You know, isn't it kind of tough when you're like, man, I'm happy I've seen this, but I could have gone on without seeing it. And, I, you know, cause I feel like as horror fans, we're always sort of like looking for that next thing. Right. And sometimes like you watch, like I remember I, I have the double pack of ghost house and witchery and ghost house is a film. I'll never probably watch again. Mm. But it does have, if anyone out there has seen the Italian film Ghost House, it has this really weird clown thing Mm -hmm. that's in the film and it has this song. And I'm happy to have that in my lexicon, but do I need to own Ghost House? You know what I mean? Like That was a double feature from Scream Factory, right? Yep. I have that. And then remember we watched, uh, what's The Lamp called? The Lamp? Well, it has AKA The Lamp. I think it's called The Cursed. Maybe. I think... Um, that was fun. It's like a kind of night at the museum type film with a, with a haunted lamp. But ultimately like, you know, you always wonder, you're like, is it worth it? You know, I have that video dead terror vision. Yes. Disc, but I don't know if that's, I think it's worth something. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, Eric. there, there's a moment in flesh eater where, uh, he blatantly rips off one of Romero's better ideas. Uh, night of the living dead. I won't say what it is cause I don't want to spoil it. But there was a chance he could have done something different with it. And I wish I could be specific. But it was just like another moment where I felt like this movie just dropped the ball. I saw you gave it a one and a half. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Because, you know, it's got titties. $33. One and a half. I saw some titties. You'd hope the film is at least a two dollar. Thirty-three fucking dollars. Yeah, maybe I was just being too hard on Heinzman that day. Maybe. Jaime. Never mind. Yeah, so that was... uh, Flesh eater, da. Yes, uh, Eric. What else you got? I have a couple uh, easy things. Okay, so I'll do one easy thing, which is one, one more. Event Horizon 4K. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I'm not sure I've ever really seen Event Horizon. So, you know, I think I saw it back in the day on TV at some point. I know the iconography, what it looks like, Sam Neill. You know, I know Event Horizon, but I don't know if I've ever sat down and watched it. So. I bought the 4K uh, disc and was very excited because I was like, fuck it. I'll act like I've never seen Event Horizon. So essentially, this is a first time viewing. Hmm. Who put out the 4K? Paramount? Uh, Sony? Sony. Whoever put that movie out, the studio actually put it out. 
It was a steel book. It's dope. I have it. Uh, really cool steel book. Um, you know, a good movie, but I don't know. Didn't, didn't ultimately love event I, horizon. I kind of feel like I haven't seen event horizon in fucking years, but I kind of feel like I'd have that same reaction where it's like, this is one of those films. I was like hyped in the day. And yeah. now when I got to it, it, well, and now I feel like it has like a, a, following? Uh, a second life. Yeah. Right. I feel like everybody, I remember Ryan Turek, uh, shout out like he would listen. Yeah. Um, he likes event horizon a lot. I want to say like, I feel like podcasts us to like it. People love event horizon and I didn't have any issues with it. You know, I didn't think it was bad, but, uh, kind of just was like, Oh, okay. Like that's it. And then like, you see mm. all these images from event horizon. Right. And they're so graphic and insane. Right. I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. But they all happen so quickly in the actual film. You almost don't see any of it. Was that like a, like a studio issue thing? I think so. If I, uh, you know, you're probably yelling in your car if you love event, event horizon. But as far as I know, it was hacked up, but um, yeah, beautiful 4K disc uh, looked great, liked the movie, but um, yeah, I would have been rather watching Jason X. Um, I like Jason X, so it's not a dig. Uh, I saw a headline recently where it was like, Paul W.S. Anderson wants to return to Event Horizon Roots. And I just kept scrolling. That would be cool. You know, it's funny because like obviously a lot of his films, that, that was the intrigue as well, is that I always hear there's this incredible Paul W.S. Anderson movie, Event Horizon. And I was like, you know, I've always liked him as a visual director. Um, I, he does really cool stuff in some of those Resident Evil movies that aren't good. But he's vi- he's a great vi- – he's like a music video director. Gotcha. You know, so I was like, cool, let's watch him do a horror movie that people say is really graphic. And it just didn't live up. I don't know. Maybe it was an expectation thing. I was like, man, I'm so excited to finally, like, sit down and actually watch Event Horizon. I, it was good. It was good. I, I, like, I like the film. I just didn't love it. Do you have any intention on playing the Callistico protocol? No. No? How the fuck not? I don't have time. Damn, duh. Playing too much Halo Infinite. I know you don't really play Halo, but Damn, I do. Duh. I do. I feel like you kind of just stabbed me in the heart by calling me out like that. I feel like you asked me to play after 10 p.m. Oh, I know. I know. I'm just talking shit. But you know what is funny? Uh, let's not get into it. That that like you sent me that. Did you see the the roadmap for Halo Infinite? I was like, fuck yeah, like blah, blah, blah. And you're like, did you see that it's only 30 pieces in a battle pass or whatever? It's delayed. I was like, what? I looked and I said, they got me, da. I saw it and I was like, oh, cool. Uh, November, just like they had announced prior. Oh, no. We got to wait a whole year. Fuck you, Halo Infinite. But we do get two new maps. Yep. And I like it a lot. So, Eric, that was my Event Horizon 4K journey. Um, What else you got? You said you had another quickie. Oh, I bet you want a quickie, da. Um, not with you. <laughs> the thing about it is, you know, I feel like it's a film. Maybe I'll want to revisit in a few years and be like, man, event horizon. Maybe it gets better every time you see it. Like I'm serious. Cause it kind of felt that uh, way. Only black dynamite does that. Oh, Eric, uh, yes. my final film was black dynamite. No. Uh, <laughs> so now my final thing is actually kind of a, just a bullshit thing to BS about. And then you can do yours. Okay. Um, so I obviously tweeted about it. I won't go on about it. Uh, about a month ago, you know, my stack of Blu-rays and 4K discs had had gotten out of control. It was starting to like like encroach on my living space. Okay. And the only reason it was was I just didn't want to alphabetize all of it. Mm. And I kept thinking, well, I'm th- Duh, it's a tedious task to rearrange blues. So here's what happened. I was like, it ca- I kept saying, oh, I'll do it after Black Friday. This is last year. Oh, I'll, I'll alphabetize after this comes in or this. Well, I got this set coming in. I'll just wait. Well, I always have shit coming in, so right. I never fucking did it. And you also always got shit coming out. I, yes. 
I, I have a stack right there I'm looking at that, that needs to be alphabetized. But you know what part of it is too with the Blu-ray thing? Um, I'm afraid to put them away because I'm like, I don't want to forget that I need to watch them. Mm. So like they were piling up because like, well, I need to watch that. Well, I need to watch that. Well, I need to rewatch that. And I was like, well. Can I ask a rude question? Absolutely. Other than work, what's keeping you? And, and Halo, okay. What's keeping you from watching all this shit? Uh, other shit. Um, one thing I was going to mention is sports. Okay. Uh, I like yeah. watching football. I, I, I asked you to go to Hobbs with us last Sunday and you're like, no, there's a Patriots game on. Yeah. Like, cause I was like, oh fuck yeah. Actually, maybe we'll all go. Cause we'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, we never told our Hobbs stories. Fuck. We'll do that in a minute. We uh, have some Hobbs, New Mexico stories, but yes. I'm not sure what for. In Keep con- going. In conjunction with the films. Uh, so stay tuned. Damn, we still got to talk Barbarian Pearl. Yeah, we got time, dog. We got time, dog. We're riding along. So... Uh, point of the, uh, the, what the fuck am I saying? Oh, what's keeping me sports. Yeah. Yeah. You asked me and I was like, oh, maybe we'll all go. And I was like, oh, it's Sunday. That's a negative prognosis. Yeah. No, negative. just other stupid shit, dude. Going to Milton's fucking around, oh, okay. you know, shit like that. TV is a big problem. Do you have uh, cable? Well, I have like YouTube TV, not, not watching TV, but television shows. Hmm. Like, I, I I don't want to get into it. I started watching that Game of Thrones spinoff. I've never watched a single second of Game of Thrones in my life. Um, you starting know, a little late, though. Well, I know it's a prequel. Yeah, I'm watching the prequel. But it's starting a little late. You know, Obi Wan. Because then you got to watch Game of Thrones too. Yeah, hour long television, man. And then I've got like other, other shit I want to watch. Like uh, I want to watch that show on Peacock, The Resort. The guys that did. Uh, um, what the fuck is that called? Palm Springs. Oh. They made another show, uh, a show on Movie Peacock. Movie or show? Uh, show. Okay. And it's limited series, Who Done It on an Island. Hmm. And it's very similar it's to be funny. Palm Springs. Yeah. Yeah. I want to watch that. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm always like, that was fucking bullshit I got to watch. It's like a never ending cycle of trash. Uh, you know what? I'm kind of feeling super confident about not watching movies recently. Really? Yeah, I just want to play video games. Well, oh. I've been having a lot of fun. Just And thanks to Game Pass, I have so many games already downloaded on my Xbox. When am I going to play them? Thank you, Eric. Another aspect, video games. Yeah. Okay, well, what video games? Well, I play multiplayer shooters, duh. So I'm not so playing. So it's never s- ending. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I recently got back into GTA Online. Okay. The casino in there. Um, so bullshit. Did you hear about Deathloop finally came to yes. Xbox? I want to play that. Yes, I do too. But high, on, game. high on life? In general, scorn. I do. I want to play scorn, dog. Like all that shit. Like Eric, just Eric looks killer, da. Anyways. Oh, and I've had fucking Dying Light two installed since it dropped. You paid sixty dollars for that. I paid sixty dollars for Dying Light. Oh fuck off, dude. The first one is so good. But you haven't played it. I will. I know, but it's a yikes. You haven't played it. That's I just all. need to get COVID again. <laughs> <laughs> we can make that happen, dog. Yeah. Okay, no, Eric. No, thank you. Uh, I'm done. Okay. Oh, oh, my oh, final thing. Your final thing. So I re I re- reorganized the deck chairs on the Titanic. Uh, my Blu-ray collection. Yes. And when I did that, I needed something to put on. Your apartment is filling with water. Yes. Keep going. Uh, actively. And uh, I needed something to put on. And I was like, you know what? Because I was going to reorganize. It took me all night. I took, I took a whole night out redoing my Blu-ray collection, re- rearranging the deck. I believe it. It's fucking time consuming. So I was like, you know, I need something. Oh, that's right. So I don't have Shutter, but my parents have Shutter. I use their YouTube TV subscription. Can I interrupt you? No. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Anytime I type out shutter, like in text, I often uh, type out shitter. 
<laughs> because I'm five years old, that's the funniest thing to me. Keep going. I'm sorry. Good one. No, that's great. Doc. Okay, you use your mother's high class content. YouTube. Go, no, choose TV, your next words wisely. Content. That's right. Channel. So because provider. So because she has YouTube, they have YouTube TV. My parents, right? Um, for whatever reason, they got largely into The Walking Dead. Okay, which I think is the weirdest thing ever. Shout out, mom. Love you. Uh, but because of that, they have AMC Plus, mm. which apparently comes with Shutter. Right. I mean, like AMC owns Shutter, right? Right. But on YouTube TV, if it's on Shutter and you have AMC Plus, it's on YouTube TV. Gotcha. Point of the story is, so I finally watched. Well, so what I did that night, I was like, you know, I need something on in the background, but I can like check in on, but not need to like pay attention to. Mm. Cursed Films. Oh, Cursed Films is excellent. Right. So you've yeah. talked about it. And I always wanted to see the Cannibal Holocaust episode. Did you watch the Rosemary's Baby episode? I watched them all. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to quickly mention, and we'll move on, the Cannibal Holocaust episode of Cursed Films. I feel like there's there's nothing cursed about that episode. I feel like it's just all the bad shit that happened because bad people made that film. Yeah, and I wanted to mention to you because I saw your tweet and you're like, Shout I, out. Just, I just watched this you know, Cursed Films episode of Cannibal Holocaust and now I feel bad. Yeah. And I kind of, th- like I thought, but we already knew this. Like, I didn't feel bad. It's like, yeah, Cannibal Holocaust is like this disaster mm-hmm. that we happen to enjoy. It's, But it's like now we're hearing the actors being like, they made me hack up that turtle. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't want to I get- mean, it's grotesque seeing that in the first place. Yeah, the animal Shout stuff. out, I love Cannibal Holocaust. We love that movie. But 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 then like hearing like, oh, fuck, like that happened yeah. to a person. That sucks. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to make light of the animal violence. That's not cool or funny, right? But the rest of it, it was kind of like, yeah, it's a fucking insane movie that probably should have never been made. But I don't know. Just I found it interesting that you were like, oh, I felt bad. It's like, didn't we already feel bad about Cannibal Holocaust? Like the first time we saw it? I don't know. I guess it was a new perspective on the badness. Sure, sure. I also watched the Twilight Zone episode movie. Mm. I own that on Blu-ray. That's now that out. was a cursed film. That's out of print. I own that movie. Great movie. Um, but yeah, that's a fucking disaster. I well, yeah, I like it. I like the Joe Dante segment, the cartoon segment. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Mm. Anyways, the point of the story was less about cursed films and more that I sat down and watched or listened to it. I watched the Wizard of Oz one instead of just oh. I love that bit about that that, uh, that video store clerk. Yes. But they're just kind of like shit talking him because of how crazy he is. And that he's just fun. like, the, he has no idea. They're just like talking shit about him. Yeah, that was fun. Anyways, Curse Films was really good. Yes. I also watched the Serpent and the Rainbow episode. Mm. That was more interesting because I didn't know how kind of crazy that got. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, that, that made me want to rewatch that film. I didn't. Yeah. But after watching that episode. I have the Scream Factory blue. I got it Same. from uh, Hastings when they were here. Hastings R.I.P.? Yes. Okay. Um, that was back when shit was $19 right? instead of fucking 33. When you sent me that link to that Funhouse 4k and it was 19, I was like, well, what the hell? And I have it right Why there. is it so cheap? Uh, that blew my mind. Yeah. Um, I good also, movie. I saw that they're doing a double pack of, uh, uh, evil dead one and two and 4k Lionsgate's putting it out. Okay. And it's on Amazon right now for, fuck, I can't even talk today. 1901. Damn. $19 and one cent. I was like, yep. Pre-order. Damn, that fucking meme still exists, huh? By the time you're such age, you have to own 44 copies of Evil Dead 2 on various formats? Yes. Yeah. So, Eric. Yeah. My thing was like cursed films. Eric, what's your final thing? Okay, my final film is a film that I'm very proud. Not just because I watched it. Mutant and proud. Because I obtained it. 
I paid $24 for a used Anchor Bay copy of George Romero's 1976 vampire masterpiece, Martin. Okay. Now, this is a film I had seen before 100 years ago. Yeah. There's a 4K of this coming. Uh, second sight, right? Yeah. From the UK. Yep. Supposedly, they found the two hour, the two hour and 45 minute like work cut, and, but, and they're going to like uh, restore that. Yeah. Their shit's crazy. They did um, The Witch. It was like 65 bucks. And I think Second Sight did that drive 4K in the UK, and it was like 70 bucks. Um, I can't imagine. Like, I watched a full screen DVD. I can't. Im- I imagine this is going to be a whole other film, like, restored. A brand new film for you, with, with English captions. You know, I only remembered the ending of this film because it's quite a, a gut punch, if you and will. And this one. Um, so I put it on this morning. I'd been waiting for a day off. I'd been waiting for a day where I, you know, slept in, uh, you know, I wanted Got to, COVID. I wanted to, you know, just take in, absorb Martin. I guess I love Anchor Bay because it's like maybe nostalgic for, for sure. Me. You know, yeah. like I found, you know, like that's how, like I found a lot of Italian titles when I was like first getting into, um, I think my Halloween DVD was fucking Anchor, Anchor Bay. Bay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I still have my Anchor the Bay Halloween. The Divimax one or whatever. Yeah. So I feel like this was a film like I've been actively, uh, like for years, trying to find. And I'm sure it's always been available. All this pain and agony. Such hell. I'm sure. For nothing. I'm sure it's always been there, but like $24 and it was free shipping. I was like. eBay? and uh, eBay. And here's the thing. Easy using eBay. Easy using eBay. And here's the thing. I just watched Vampire's Kiss. So I was like on like a vampire high. And all of a sudden I thought, Martin, you know what's funny is if you go to just watch and look for Martin, there's about a hundred other Martins. And I don't think you can find George Romero's Martin. Anyways, and they're all Scorsese. Anyways, um, this film, Don, is fucking beautiful. Nice. And what I mean by that is... Uh, the, the director of photography is this dude, Michael Gornick. He shot five Romero films. Uh, he shot Martin. He shot Dawn. Uh, he shot Creepshow. He shot Day. Damn. And he shot Night Riders. And he directed Creepshow too. Nice. We love Creepshow Now, too. here at the Ghoul Squad podcast, we love Creepshow that too. That is Ghoul Squad approved. Yes. So, let's oh, talk that, about Martin. That one's worth a lot. That fucking limited edition of Creepshow 2, the Arrow did. Oh, you sold me the busted version. Yes, because I ended up with the limited edition. Anyways, right. Go ahead. Okay. So, so Martin's about this young man. I'm guessing maybe a little younger than us, 20s. Um, he's having to move from Indianapolis to Pennsylvania. Uh, Braddock, Pennsylvania? And it's like a poor town. Uh, and a lot of these shots... The way they're framed, it just really catches kind of this grittiness. And you know what I was thinking a lot about what? while I was watching this film? Okay, and I'm probably wrong saying this, but like the Romero films that I think of, Night Dawn Day. Yeah. Night Dawn Day. Night Dawn Day. Night Dawn Day. Um, definitely not Night Riders. But they're all kind of like single location. Yeah. And... In Martin, they're like out on the street, and it's like the camera following them. Is, and is it shot as colorful as those films? Because like Creepshow, 
is a very colorful movie. I would even say Dawn of the Dead is no. very primary colors. No, this is very drab. Really? And I and it, and it like fits how just kind of like run down, you know, this is like steel mills. Okay. Uh this is like the unhoused in like shitty, you know, in alleyways. Sure. You know. Um Martin is forced to move with his cousin. And the cousin, uh, his name is Uda. He's this old man. Uda has a granddaughter that lives with him. Uda's convinced that the family is cursed. There's a death curse. That every few generations, there's a member of the family that's a vampire. And that vampire is Martin. And when we meet Martin, he already is killing women and drinking their blood. Nice. But here's the thing. Martin can walk in the daylight, sleeps at night. He doesn't have any aversion to garlic, to crosses. He has a reflection. So he doesn't have any vampire characteristics. Right, exactly. And Uda's plan is he thinks he can save Martin's soul. Okay. But he tells Martin, after I do this, I'm going to fucking kill you. (laughs) So meanwhile... The granddaughter, she's like, this is nuts. There's no curse. Both of you guys need help. Um, Mental you know, health. You know, they don't know that Martin is is killing people. Sure. Uh, Uda may. And so it's just kind of the struggle between those two characters of, am I a vampire? Am I not? And it's fucking phenomenal. It makes me question, is Habit my favorite vampire film? Because I think he- it might not be. I was going to say, you've, you've said it was. Yeah, but that's how good Martin, Martin is. is, Don. Yeah, like, holy shit. I mean, two years before he made the best zombie movie ever, he puts out this fucking masterpiece. I really want to see this movie. I've always wanted to, but I want to see it good, so I'll wait for these restorations and shit. Uh, but, man, he sold it very well. Oh, man, it's excellent film. And, and I'm just, it kind of reminds me, like, hearing you describe it, I think, let the right one in. Um, I also think of that movie. What was that called? The Transfusion? No. What was that movie called? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, I do remember the Transfusion. Yeah. That yeah. was really good. Um, I remember that was a film we discussed. Like vampire films that are realistic in a way. Right. Uh, even though obviously vampires aren't realistic. There's just like a grittiness. Right. Yeah. To these, to these vampire films. Vampire Kiss. Um, <laughs> man. I thought you were joking about Vampire Kiss. No, Vampire Gris is like, I may need a shower after this. Okay. Yeah. And that was. So that's how your dog likes them. Eric's Martin. Martin review. Yeah. And and just last thing, I already said this though. I just love that I have the Anchor Bay DVD. Yeah. Oh, that's so fucking awesome. Um, you know, I don't it know. It looks like shit. Nah. <laughs> I don't know if they did a, 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 a widescreen release, but when I saw that it was full screen, I was like, God damn it. Even better, Don. <laughs> But yeah, I fucking, holy shit. I'm so happy I rediscovered Martin for nice. myself. Now, it's a, you know, it's a film that you've talked to me about before. And like I said, I, I really want to see it. Mm. But uh, you sold it very well, like I said. Hopefully that 4K comes soon. Popping a cold one, boys. And with that, I think that finally wraps up our What We've Been Watching segment of this podcast. Uh, we're only an hour and a half in. So uh, buckle up. We've got Pearl and Barbarian coming. While Eric slams his Barbarian Pearl. liquid death, uh, I could sing his theme song for his uh, terror tune segment. Oh, shit. I got a terror tunes. Which goes something I forgot. like. 
Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Fuck you, E Dog. Fuck you. Fuck you, E Dog. Fuck you. Did you know? This is a little piece of Ghoul Squad trivia that I haven't done a Terror Tune since at least March. And the world was better for it. Damn. And the reason I know that was because March of this year, I went to El Paso to watch Doyle. And for this episode of Eric Hoffman's Terror Tunes, I wanted to talk about Doyle. And I wanted to talk about this show. So who the fuck is Doyle, right? Let me tell you who Doyle is. Duh. Eric wrote it out on a piece of paper. Yes. My pen was dying last night. So this was... To cut down on his uh, screen time on his iPhone. That's correct. Okay. Doyle goes by Doyle, Wolfgang, Vaughn, Frankenstein. He's got a son named Boris, Vaughn, Frankenstein. But his real name is, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, uh, Paul <laughs> Schrader. Kaiafa? 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 He just celebrated a birthday. Uh, September 15th, 64. He's 58 years old. This motherfucker is ripped. He's in the best shape of his life that I'll never be in. Okay, so why do I care about Doyle, right? Um, Doyle is one of the original guitars for the Misfits. Yes. You know, the band that's credited for starting horror punk, although it's debatable who came up with that term. Anyways, I would say Prom Night Girls. Exactly. You know, Carlsbad, New Mexico's greatest horror punk band. Um, so I watched Doyle in, in El Paso in March. And, uh, you know, I kind of... That was the vibe. Here's the thing. I'm so glad you asked me that question. This was, I'm going to use air quotations, biggest horror punk band I've ever seen. Yes. There was a fucking security gate in front of the stage. Amazing. Amazing. For Doyle, right? Um, Doyle had a guitar tech. Like, this guy is out there tuning his guitar. Doyle! Like, who the fuck is Doyle, right? Um, And here's what was bullshit. There was people in the crowd taking pictures of the guitar tech. And I was like, you guys don't know who Doyle is. Because otherwise, you wouldn't be taking pictures of his guitar tech. Yes. Oh, so Doyle comes out. They play. And if I'm being honest, uh, I'm mildly starstruck. Yeah, I would say that, that makes sense. That I'm like 20 feet from... One of the original guitarists of the Misfits. Of the Misfits, right, exactly. Yes. I mean, the only other person who could do that to me would probably be, you know, the bassist, Jerry Only, and of course, singer, songwriter, uh, Danzig. Uh, and now they do like those Misfit reunion shows. They just had one last weekend that like sells out, you know, like. Yeah, uh, instantly. Super fast, yeah. Um, if this was, if Doyle wasn't in this band, like, I wouldn't give a shit about this. Right. But because it is Doyle, I'm like, fuck yeah. Here is Drawing Down the Moon from their 2013 album, Abominator.
That was Doyle Da. That was great, Da. Yeah, so that was so I'm good. so glad I found you know, part of me was like, Do I want to talk this? this How was, many people were there? This was so long ago. That was definitely the most packed horror punk show really? also that I've ever seen at Fuck yeah. Yeah. It was twenty a person nice. to get in. That's like, how much I paid uh, for my MCR tickets. You're kidding. No. Oh, I was going to say it had to be more. But do for a horror punk show, I walked Much in more. there and the guy was like, yep, 40 bucks. And I was like, huh? I, did you mean to say 13? At risk of yelling in my apartment. What? Right. Pick them up? Yeah. So that was Doyle Duff. Eric, that sounds amazing. I'm glad, you know, I love your love for horror punk. Um, yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. Okay. That's uh, that's brilliant. So that was that was Doyle. Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Fuck you, Eda. Fuck you. Fuck you, Eda. Fuck you. All right. So let's get into the main topic. And on that note, it's time for our feature presentation, which is reviewing Pearl and Barbarian. Let me ask you a question. Yes, Eric. Well, first we have to play the music. Is it okay? About- play the music. Okay. I've just been ripping farts this really? entire time. Have you been catching whiffs of these? Imbibing in them? Yeah. No, I have not. Damn, because I mean, I'm like lifting the butt and everything just to be like. Pfft. You know, I almost shot one out earlier, but I didn't want you to be like, Doc, he's farting over here, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking stupid is he, Doc? Why did you turn into like a Latinx woman with like hoop earrings and long fingernails for that? You took it there? Uh, just okay. for the record, I you did. took it there. I did okay, not. I did. I was just imitating what you that said. Was like. the, that was the impression I came up with. Like, you stupid. You throwing pedos over there. <laughs> okay. So anyways. Let's get going. Uh, let's keep going. So we're going to do Pearl and Barbarian. Yes. Uh, we'll also do some spoilers at the end to discuss the insanity of, I would say, both of these films. Sure. But let's talk uh, let's Pearl, talk Pearl, Pearl first. first. Yes. So uh, I went to Hobbs this past weekend. Uh, the plan was to do a double feature of Barbarian and Pearl because Carlsbad did not get um, Barbarian. So That's I, correct. And and, and uh, we have some uh, – you said you have a Hobbs story and you wanted to me to talk Hobbs. And sure. I have some bullshit to complain about, but what is, so what is your my, Hobbs my story? My Hobbs story is based on Barbarian, but okay. I'll, I'll tell it now. Okay. So – so basically, like Eric said, we didn't get Barbarian and Carlsbad. It was weird. You know, we generally go, when we go out of town for films that go wide, we generally will go to Roswell, right? Roswell, New Mexico, which is where the uh, alien crash was. The real one, dog. And it was kind of odd because Roswell didn't get Barbarian. They didn't. So we're like, okay, what the fuck? And then Hobbs got it. Hobbs is a no-name, nondescript town near here. Right. It's about an hour away. Uh, we would much rather go to uh, Roswell. Correct. Well, there's a Target. I can look for toys in Target. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, it's like, okay, well, I guess we'll go to Hobbs. So, we get the trip together. We go. You have to understand. Who went with you, Don? I need full names, details, social security numbers. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, Don. So, I went with, that was myself, my brother, his wife, Sabra, and Wes Yerby. Okay. And so, we all go. And you have to think about this. You know, we drove an hour. You know, it's only an hour and 10 minutes. It's but, a long drive. But it's an hour and 10 you minutes. Know, you know what I don't mind about driving, Tobbs, and this is New Mexico talk, is you don't got to go through Artesia. It's just yeah. a straight shot. So keep going, Doug. True. Uh, I'd just rather go to Roswell. But uh, so we, we, we go to, they also have a spirit Halloween at Roswell. Um, I did not know that. So we go, we go to 
Hobbs, we get there. And the reason I'm explaining it this way is, you know, it's an hour and 10 minute drive and you have to think you have to do that, you know, there and back. So, you know, it is a trek and, you know, we're excited. I bought the tickets early. Like it's like, and you know, I'm always reminded at this point in my life that like no one that works anywhere gives a flying fuck about anything, especially around here. Mm. At risk of sounding like old man yelling at clouds, this was this was quite uh, a, a bad situation. So we get there, you know, we get our tickets. Uh, we're we're driving along, and uh, no, we get there, we get our tickets. Uh, some weirdness, you know, buying food. Some a little bit of rudeness from the children working behind the counter, but you know, yeah, that's expected. At the theater, yes. Okay. So we go in, uh, we sit down. Uh, there's about ten minutes left before the movie starts. No pre-show, just blank. Sitting in there with no pre-show, no no nothing. Ten minutes pass. The film is supposed to start at two fifteen. Uh, it does not start at two fifteen. So you know you got to give it a minute. You know maybe it's late. Are there other people in the theater with you? Yes. Okay. Which I'll also address. You know maybe the film's late. You know we only drove two hours and ten minutes. I mean fuck it. You know, who cares about movies, right? Why right. show them? I was furious when we went to go see Thor, and it was like twenty minutes after the start time, and it still hadn't started. So we're sitting there, and finally it's like, all right, I guess we'll go tell somebody. So we go tell somebody. Uh, they're pissed. Uh, I think, I can't remember if it was Wes. Are you? Yes. Uh, Wes or Ben, I can't remember, shout out, goes out and says like, hey, uh, Barbarian still hasn't started yet. Like nicely. And the person in the hallway says, uh, oh, fuck. It was something like, still? <laughs> or something like that. Okay. And we're like, yeah, like we're not being, you know, we're being nice, you know, because that's how we were raised. And uh, so, oh. so it goes up. You know, trudges up there, whatever. Wes comes back, or my brother, whoever, sits down. We're like, yeah, he said he's gonna go start it. Okay, it's about fifteen minutes late now. Still waiting, um, and the trailers start. Oh, so God the tra- damn it! But no pre-show. They uh, thankfully skipped the pre-show. Trailers start. I'm like, fuck it. Trailers start. Let's go. Can't wait to see Barbarian. Trailers start. Uh, lights don't move. Okay, what that means is. When the trailers start, the lights are supposed to go to like a mid-level. Correct. Uh, I don't care about that, but now I'm concerned they're not going to turn off. Right. So we're sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. Barbarian is starting. It says Regency on. It's like, I said, hey, this is the movie. 20th century. Yep. Telling them. And I I can't remember who it was, Wes or my brother's like, fuck it. I'll just go tell them the lights didn't turn off. Uh, And so they go outside, tell it's the same person. Hey, you know, I'm sorry. The lights haven't turned off yet. And the person looks at them and says, has the movie started? <laughs> it's not the trailers, right? He's like, no, no. Like the movie is starting. The lights are still on. <sighs> Goes upstairs, turns the lights off, takes an hour, missed the whole first part of the movie. Because also, the uh, this, this culminates in like a shocking moment. So I'm not just telling this to complain. There is like a holy fuck. So Barbarian is a very dark film. Mm-hmm. Uh, both tonally and uh, the way it's lit. Can I stop you for one second? Sure. Uh, I was like, this movie is dark, like, so visually, when we went to go watch it. And after the film, Melissa was like, that's not how it is. She watched it twice in El Paso. Right. So that's what I'm getting to. So the film starts. Um, he finally turns the lights off. Like, I think he turns them down to the trailer lights. And so we're watching it with the trailer lights for a while, which I know doesn't sound that bad, but also compounding the issue the projector bulb is going out and flickering oh geez so you can barely fucking see it so that's how you saw it you could barely see yeah yeah barely see it, it was so, so that's dark. not barbarian that's that theater in there their projector bulb is going out so i'm like fuck man all right whatever i just i'll just try to push through it 
Well, finally, out of nowhere, I don't know if someone told him someone else in the theater, but out of nowhere, all the lights in the theater turn off. And I'm like, fuck it. Thank you. Uh, but obviously, still, the film is so dark, you can barely see it. Mm-hmm. It's like, whatever, because the projector bulb was going out. So then we proceed to watch the entire film of Barbarian, which we'll get to how much we liked. But um, of course, there's like a group of like eight people in the back and they talk the entire time Ugh, because damn it, duh. apparently, you know, that's what you do at the theater. We have, yeah, you pay $2 to sit and talk full volume. Like, bro, I can't talk. Like I have a hard time doing this podcast because I don't want to talk for two hours. Motherfuckers are up there talking for two hours while they oh, pay money. I'm to glad see I at least didn't go to that screening. So whatever. I'm past that. I like the movie. I can barely see some scenes, but whatever. Um, and so the film is ending. And it's safe to say Barbarian is is shot and made in a way where it's like maybe there's something during the credits or after, correct? I didn't think of that. I didn't stare. Okay, well, no surprise from you. But anyways, literally it says directed by Zach Kreger or whatever. And as soon as it says that, the cleaning lights turn on. Oh, geez. And so the cleaning lights are fluorescent lights, right? They're not the theater lights. The second the movie ends. So we're like staggered because you have to remember, you just sat in a dark theater for two hours. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa. We, we turn around, <laughs> my brother, to his credit, you know, he says, what the fuck? And this little kid comes in to clean the theater because the movie's over. And he's like, the fucking movie's still on, telling the kid. And the kid's like motioning like, so? And he, my brother goes, we can are we not allowed to watch the credits? Cause you can't even see the screen. The fluorescent lights are on. He's like, are we not allowed to watch the credits? And the kid looks at my brother and goes, no, <laughs> Jesus. That was the culminating moment where we're like, get the fuck out of here. I, you know, I looked at my brother. We kind of, I joked about it later. I said, we got alphaed by that little kid. Right. But you know, what are we going to do? Like, you know, we're not, we behave ourselves when we go out in public. Right. right. So we're just mad we leave. Whatever. Um, I think that about sums it up. But the whole point of the story is no. Oh, we, we can't watch the credits of a movie? What? Um, so I think that about sums it up. Ben should have been like, what if this was a Marvel movie? Well, and that's kind of like what was frustrating was I don't, you know, listen. You got to clean the theater. That's fine. We're not crazy. But literally, the film so did ends. did you guys get up and leave? Yeah, uh, no, we, I sat there and waited. I'm finishing my coffee. So I sat there and watched and waited to see if there's anything after the credits. There wasn't, but I'm not talking like two minutes into the credits. I'm talking directed by boom. You can't even, you're like trying to look what's going on. Like there's a strobe light in my face. Yeah. I hope they didn't sound like complaining. It was mostly supposed to be an entertaining story about a child, uh, that works in a movie theater, alphaing us. So that was kind of the point of the story. Uh, I told my brother no to his face, which it was kind of funny. We went to the 11:40 on oh, Sunday after you fell asleep during Pearl. Uh, no, we did. We did Barbarian first. Oh, I was thinking 11:20 at night. I don't know why. No, no, no. We did. Uh, so we leave Carlsbad at like 10:20. Uh, we get there on time. You know, when we first walk into the theater, it's just Dana, Melissa, and I. Lights are on, like you just said. They're fluorescent, bright as fuck. Okay, right. And a single- again, the cleaning lights. A single old woman walks in okay. and, and sits right in front of us. Whole theater. And, she's, and she sits right in front of us. Whatever. Not a problem. Um, 
the film is starting. Lights are still on. Oh, Eric. Lights are still on. Probably from our showing. And <laughs> right. Probably because you saw it the next day. Right. And uh, Melissa was like, oh, I don't have my phone. I'm going to go out to the car. And so I'm like, okay. And Dana's like, I'm just going to go turn off these lights. There's switches. Yeah, there's a switch right by right. the door. Dana turns off the lights. It's so dark. Good. Dana comes back in and he's like having to use his phone. Good. To find his seat. Then Melissa comes in. You know, she's having to do the same thing. She ha- yeah. She's using the, the light on her phone to find her seat. We watched the film. Enjoy the film. There was no issue of talking or anything because it was just us and this old woman. At one point, she started choking. But other than that, no problem. Um, Did she live through the screening? She lived through the screening. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so, this is what I want to complain about. Okay. Uh, we go and we eat. We, there, we have an hour until Pearl starts. Okay. So, we go eat real fast. And like... I'm that person who goes out of town. Like I, I need to know where the bathroom is, especially if I'm at the theater. Sure. You know? So, and I hadn't eaten all day. So I was like famished after, after barbarian feeling faint. Yeah. So, you know, I eat a bunch, I drink a bunch. And I'm like, I'm definitely going to need to pee before Pearl. I go into that bathroom, da. And one of the urinals is just guising. Oh, just guising. Da. It's just coming out fucking everywhere. And I'm like, fuck, I need to piss. Like, I've just been drinking all this Dr. So you just pepper. pissed in the drain? I just went back to my seat. And I go and I complain to Dana and uh, Melissa. And I'm like, guys, I got to pee real bad. And that fucking urinal is just spouting out fucking water, you know? Right. So Melissa decides after she, we've already seated down, seated, been so, seated. And now this is to see Pearl at this point. This is to see Pearl. Um, that She wants to get popcorn and a drink. So she goes out, she comes back, and she was like, oh, there was a kid telling the workers that, you know, this urinal is overflowing. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go now. Maybe they have it, you know, fixed at this point. I walk in there, and this kid has got it to stop, but he's still just trying to mop up all this water. And I ask the kid, I'm like, is it safe to come in? And he gives me the thumbs up. Hey. And I told him, I'll come back. I went back, sat down, held my piss for the entire duration of Pearl. Wow. But here's the positive thing I want to say about the Hobbs, New Mexico Eagle 9 Theater. When we were leaving, you know what they were doing when they started cleaning? Oh, uh, wiping down the They were spraying the seats. Yeah. Yeah. They do that because it has a... uh, Carlsbad don't do that. Well, They ain't spraying no seats at Carlsbad. But listen up. Okay. They don't do it in Carlsbad because they don't have a... uh, The reason they're doing that is because... Those are recliners with a with a oh, table. Gotcha. So they're spraying the table and wiping the table off. Now, are they also spraying the seat? I don't know. Mm-hmm. The reason they're doing that, I wouldn't give them credit. There's tables at every seat. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So they're, they're cleaning the tables. And I felt bad because I kept, like, I was talking up the Hobbs Theater. Um, Horrible, though. Like, I, I, I've had good experiences at that theater with Black Klansmen, Bob's Burgers, and then all of a sudden we get there and it's just a shit show. One of the last movies I ever saw there was 2007 with you and Dana. Grindhouse. Grindhouse. That was a good experience. It, it was 35 millimeter film. It was so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, this was just frustrating because, like, it's not old man shouting at clouds. Like, if it was just the people talking, I'm used to that. But it was like the kid disrespecting us, like asking nicely too. We're not like assholes. Right. We're like, hey, uh, uh, it, it was just, it, by that point, we're like, hey, can we watch the, the credits? No. I fucking told no. 
you know, that's insane, bro. It's frustrating, I guess, because we care about films so much. Right. We're like, why can't they do the simplest things? And I guess of starting the film on time or of turning off the lights or changing their projector bulb out. Yeah. You know, because that's that was why I presented it in that way is like it's not just like that I'm bitching. It's that we drove all the way there. Can't wait to see Barbarian get there. And it's just a fucking disaster. Right. And you can't see the movie. I will say the audio was pretty good. I will say that. So I'm not like just going to shit talk shit. I heard the audio. I was like, oh, cool. And then we couldn't see the movie. So I was like, fuck. Um, so I, I fell asleep during Pearl when we when we went. So And that's his review. So yesterday, I get off work at 4 o'clock. There's a 425 screening. Was it still in screen Pearl. six? Yes. Nice. So I go straight from work to the theater, watch Pearl. The lights stayed on the entire time. I just don't get it, Doc. Fucking crazy, Doc. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's talk the films now. Yeah, so sorry about that. Yeah. You know, I know we kind of digressed. We but hate Allen Theaters. Yes, we do. Worst uh, theater company in America. Probably, I would say top two worst company in America next to TDS Telecom. Right. Um, we got to deal with that shit. Yes, that, that is our provider for... That's how we upload this podcast. Yeah. Um, Fuck you, TDS! And Allen Theaters. Uh, I used to be an employee of Allen Theaters yeah. as well. We won't get into that. I used to be gainfully employed with Alan, huh? I used to be what? Gainfully? Okay. Uh, With Alan? Theaters. Okay. So, uh, okay. We apologize for our digression. We hope you enjoyed it. But we are going to talk Ty West's uh, sequel prequel to X, and it's called Pearl. Yeah. Uh, Would you like to explain it? And then I'll go first on Uh, thoughts, baby? uh, Sure. First of all, this movie is amazing. Incredible. Uh, the This is 1918. Uh, we meet this young woman named Pearl, who we have already met in X, but in X, she's like, what, 80s? Yes. Year old? In this film, she's like 18. Um, she lives on a farm with her mother and father. Uh, the father is disabled from catching the Spanish flu. Is that yes. correct? Right. Uh, Pearl is married, but her husband is overseas fighting in World War One. Pearl has big dreams. She wants to get off the farm, but instead she she wants to be a dancer, but instead she's stuck caring for her invalid father and caring for the farm animals. And it's enough to make anyone go crazy. (laughs) Good job. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So Pearl. Pearl. Uh, In a quick nutshell. Yeah. I mean, as far as me on Pearl, you know, I've thought about it more and more like every day. It's really good. I saw it. And you know, it's crazy because it's the type of film that I will say my experience with it, we saw it in Carlsbad, not in Hobbs. So in our hometown. And uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, some people talked, or no, crunched on ice the whole movie. Because, you know, you're at home when you're at the theater. So you can just crunch right. on you, fucking ice. And you take off your shoes. Yeah, and do whatever the fuck you want. Cough. So, uh, saw it here. And man, you know, my experience was, um, you know, I was trying to, and I wonder if you felt this way. I was sort of trying to understand what the film was. Like for a while, I was like, okay, when does the horror start, right? Mm. And I think there's some stuff early, but um, I kind of found out, and I I don't think it's spoilers. If you're listening to a review of Pearl, you have to hear something about it. Um, We will not spoil the film. No. But I will say that, you know, I quickly found out this is not X, and that this this is more of like a character piece. 100%. This, This fleshes out Pearl. Right. In my opinion. And I actually, uh, afraid to say this to you, um, I kind of think I like Pearl more than X. 
So that X, was really good. So X is a like straight slasher. Film. Yeah. And I was texting with Shane saw about it and I kind of felt bad because I felt like I was reducing it. But I mean, the, what I would say is it's basically just Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like that's, that's, that's basically what it is. It's fair. Uh, X. And so Pearl, yeah, we, and, and I won't compare what Pearl is for, we'll do that later. But um, I just found it so much more like deep hmm. and uh, I got super invested in Pearl. And, you know, of course, as these climaxes are starting, you know, I sort of got it, like, especially the monologue towards the end of the film, which we will not spoil. But if you've seen Pearl, you know, I just was like blown away by this, the acting and the, the, the way that everyone went for it in this movie. And I feel like you could say that for X, but I feel like X is so like, it's a horror movie. So you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, it's just, I feel like it's not really that brave. Like, and it's not a bad thing. Most horror isn't. Uh, but I want to compliment Pearl. I thought it was right. super brave. Uh, I thought it was such an interesting, you know, if someone uh, not in the genre sees Pearl, like, what the fuck are they going to think of this movie? You know, what, what's at least X is like a horror movie. Right. Um, you're 100% right. And- oh, wait, just so you know, all of these are compliments. Like, I'm showering it with praise because I, fu- I fucking loved Pearl. Right. Um, uh, it definitely has a, a tone that sets itself apart from from X. And it's like just how much brighter uh, it is. Um, I just felt like these characters weren't in a horror film. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's, there's a They're moment. taken so seriously. At least I think so. Even though you may describe something crazy, which I'm thinking you might, but even in those crazy things, it's like dead serious. Like this is Pearl. And I kind of found it to be like, I, I don't want to spoil the film, but I kind of found, well, we know what Pearl ends up being an X. So if you've seen X, right. Um, I kind of found it to be like this birth of like someone that's mentally ill. Uh, I would and, love and to discuss if, that. Later. I was going to say, and then a few other themes, which are not mental illness, but I don't want to talk. I don't want to say them yet. I'd love to discuss that. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's moments in the film where it's like about film, which is fun yes. because you know, X is them making a, a film, but there's a point where Pearl goes to the theater and uh, she goes to a movie. Uh, it's, this movie features women dancing. So she's like real excited to watch it. Something follies. Palace. Palace follies. Um, she comes out of the theater and, and, and let me stop you for, I mean, let me stop myself for a second. Uh, she's, she's telling her invalid father that she's going to go to the theater. Yeah. She says, I'm going to go see the pictures. So it's just like this dialogue as well that really sets the tone in the place uh, yes. for me uh, in Pearl. So after she watches this film, she comes out and she has like um, I don't know if it's like a it's like a it's like a not a it's like a leaflet on the film. Yeah, and she yeah, comes, a pamphlet, a pamphlet. Yeah, and she comes out and she's like skipping and she's like happy and she goes into the alleyway of this theater. And then I don't know. Uh, and then just the way like this, this alleyway looks like it doesn't seem like we're watching real life. A horror, right. It, it, the colors of that alley. Like I remember it was like, it's like bright and like primary colory in the alley. And I was like, what the fuck? Right. Like, right. It, yeah. it, it almost seems like we're watching like a fairy tale. Right. Like, like in something old, like it really sure. nailed, uh, uh, that time period. And I guess I just want to come out of theater skipping. Yeah. You know, 
just to be that enthusiastic about uh, a film. And then uh, there's moments where um, she's like dancing. Yeah. And like that's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Um, but then eventually it does, um, I don't want to say devolve. That's not what I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, uh, escalate. Yeah. Into the horror of of X. So it's almost like the best of both worlds where we kind of get this like brightly lit, fun. Yeah. Skipping out of theaters film. And then she's also literally hacking people to pieces with an, an axe. Yes. Um, you know, there's so many things I want to say, but I feel like they're spoilery. Uh, film comparisons. Um, but yeah, you know, it was kind of crazy because... You know, leading up to this, you know, I, I, I really, really liked X, but I ultimately didn't love it as much as everyone else did. Um, and I, this is for, I think it's the first time I've said that. I really like X. Like, Me it's too. fucking dope. But at the same time, I feel like, and I, I you know, again, repeat myself on, on this podcast, but didn't ultimately connect to it in the way I thought I was going to, but I really, really liked it. You know, I love the gore. I love all the actors in it. Um, go ahead. You know, I can't speak for you, your, your feelings or your feelings, sure. but like, it's like a slasher film. How yeah. How can you not like it? Duh. Well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's, it's, uh, it's so beautiful. I, I mean, the X is so beautiful. Mm. You know, there's that scene that's very red, right? right. It's one of like the and most she's dancing. gorgeous things I've ever seen. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Something about it ultimately felt not, um, I don't know. I, I feel bad even talking about it because I do really, really like X. Mm. Um, it just wasn't like, I think it's, have you just seen it one time? I've seen it twice. Seen it twice. Um, I feel like it's everyone's favorite movie of the year. And for me, it's not, it's not going to be my favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think I even like men more than X. Mm. Um, not the film people. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Dudes. I think I like men more than X, but men like speaks to me. And I think X is just really cool. It's just a really cool horror movie, mm. you know? And I love Ty West. I'm the Ty West guy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I Maybe do if Ty West was French, huh? <laughs> no, because I like Ty West. So, you know, I do like it. Uh, but I will, I will say this, uh, it enhanced my feelings on watching Pearl enhanced, uh, X for me. Like, I feel like I like X even more now. Definitely. I having seen Pearl. I want to see Pearl again really bad. When I left the theater, I was like, Ooh, I should watch X tonight. Yeah. You know, like I was just enthusiastic to like me, get me to and, live in this world my, again. Me and Ben, my, my brother, we watched it, uh, the, the afternoon before we went and saw Pearl. Hmm. Uh, we rewatched X. I did the same. Not, not so soon, but I rewatched it for Pearl. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I guess I don't want to get too far into those comparisons. Cause it's not really the point. Right. But um, I was just, I guess, so, like, I, I don't know. It's going to sound kind of funny, but, like, this is what I want out of film. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved this character study of this person, which I think some of the other themes other than, like, a mental illness, I feel like are a little bit spoilery, um, which we can do. But uh, if you're listening to Review for Pearl, because maybe this will help you, like, talk to me about it, um, it's, it's not a spoiler, I don't think. If you're listening to review, if you are, then if you, and you don't want to know anything, you probably shouldn't listen to review at all. Um, you know, this aspect of like what, you know, a woman is supposed to do for the homestead and like how she's supposed to uh, care for her man and like be there to like make food for him and stuff. Um, and like, like, like helping on the farm and not having these wild ideas about like going to Hollywood or whatever it is that Pearl wants. And uh, I feel like, a large aspect of the film is like deconstructing that to like, that's what 
drove her fucking insane is like those expectations of people thinking, you know, her, her parents, her mom, you know, expecting that she'll do those things and her wanting to not, you know, be like her mother, you know, those aspects, I don't think that's too spoilery. Um, I just found it fascinating because I was like, on one hand, I felt like it was this mentally ill person that has, you know, because we'll, we'll get to further spoilers. Yeah. But, um, and then, on and, the, and I want to talk about what you're, what you're saying about mental health. Okay. And then on the other hand, it was like, it gave me all these reasons as to why Pearl was the way she was. And I think like, even me saying that, that's why I really like this movie. Cause I mm. felt like it was so, um, impactful and layered and I really like X, but it's a slasher movie, right? Mm. And I like slasher movies, so I really liked it. But uh, this you, really... You found more to think about yes, than Pearl. for sure. You know, I don't know shit about classical film, but I like that Pearl made me think I was watching yeah. a classical film. Yeah. But what would you? What, what do you think about, like, those, those aspects of, like, expectations of basically, like, of a woman in those days is kind of, like, what the film is speaking to. Right, and, and how she, she wants she's to like go battling it. it right the entire time. It she, almost drives her mad. Right, she is not happy with. Um, guess where she is in life. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll talk more about it. Yeah. So we like Pearl a lot, a lot. Pearl I'm now, great. I'm now realizing we probably should have just went to Pearl spoilers now, but we also need to do Barbarian. Right. So we'll come back. So let's do Barbarian. We'll yeah. we'll do our best when we come back. All right. So we'll do Barbarian spoiler free as well. This one is much harder to discuss. Uh, if I could eliminate one thing in this world, it would be hype. Yeah. Because you know what? Hype promised me a, a wild fucking ride. And it was. Yes. But I'm afraid it didn't knock my socks off. Um, now that I know what Barbarian is, which let's talk. So we're talking Barbarian. Barbarian. I'm going which... to like it so much more. Uh, a second time because now I'm not going to be watching it with hype. I'm going to be watching it with what it is. Yes. You know, so, Uh, and, and and I, and I should say, you know, it, it, it's up to you how much you want to say about barbarian. I think this is, I'll stop at what the trailer shows. Yeah. And I will, I guess I'll say my experience, but we'll go ahead. Okay. Uh, maybe just a tad more. Uh, a woman rents a, an Airbnb in, yes. in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, she's trying to get a job on a film crew uh, for a woman who's going to make a documentary about jazz musicians. Uh, when she shows up at the Airbnb, there's already a man. In the Airbnb. In the Airbnb, right, exactly. Saying that he rented it out as well. Right. And they're double booked. Um, but they can't, they, they can't get a hold of... Uh, you, you learned that they booked the, the house through two different apps. Yes. Uh, they can't get a hold of either parties. And it turns out that the neighborhood that they're in is uh, not great. Yes. So this man is it. Which which Skarsgård is it? Bill. Uh, Bill? Bill. Can I tell the Bill, Bill story, Da? I just want to tell the Bill story. What Bill story? Oh, man. This is, my, this is such a dumb story. And this is so digressing. Just ruining the pot. Sure, Eric. Go ahead. But we're playing Halo one time. Oh, sure. And it's uh, me, Keegan, and his and his brother, Ben. Ben's gamer tag on Xbox is, it's Wet Willie. So we're playing, and I don't remember what the situation is, but Ben needs help. So my plan is to say, I'm coming, Will. But instead, all I get out is, I'm coming, Bill. Because <laughs> Ben's name starts with a B. And it was and just the best Willie, thing yeah. ever. Okay, so I'm coming, Bill. I'm coming. We're like, 
Me, I'm coming, Bill. Me and my brother Ben are like, what? <laughs> uh, so um, that's kind of it. Like that's all we can say for yeah. if you don't want to spoil totally. anything about uh, Barbarian. Is okay. Well, what do we do now? He invites her in. She agrees to stay. Right, a uh, woman by him. herself right. is going to enter an Airbnb with a man she does not know at all, who keeps offering her drinks. Yeah. So here's the thing about Barbarian. Um, I, I I totally agree. I like where you started with the hype, um, because you know I will say that like I had read some article that was like, here's the trailer for the most insane film of the year, and it was I think Blade Disgusting had written that, and when I saw that I was like, wait, the most insane film of the year. So like. I can't say when it snapped in my head, but I thought I'm not going to watch anything for this movie. And this is like three months ago. What's admirable is that trailer really doesn't show so I don't, much. So that's what I want to talk about. So I don't know what's in the Barbarian trailer because every time it would play, I would get to when she goes into the house with Bill Skarsgård. And I shit you not, I'd close my eyes for the entire trailer. So I have that's no idea. That's kind of all the trailer would show. They would. Oh, good. Yeah. I didn't know that. Maybe there's a tad more about the house, but like, that's kind of it. So I don't see, so I've listened to the trailer, which further exacerbated the hype in my head because I had no idea what was happening. And I made up all these things as to what it was for like the last three months. And then Barbarian was coming out and the fucking review embargo came out, which is just reviews hit. Mm-hmm. And dude, it was like best fucking horror movie of the last 10 years. Craziest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, um, I, I saw Blade Disgusting's review. They published, it said it, they called it ruthless. Mm. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, didn't they also call it violent at one point? Yes. Yeah. So it's safe to say the hype was fucking unreal. Super high. Dana would send me tweets of directors who saw it. Yeah. Uh, James Gunn, Edgar Wright. And Dana kept calling it, because I guess he heard somebody else call it this, this year's Malignant. And I'm so against that because nothing is like Malignant. No. And that makes the expectation way too high. So. So I told Dana multiple times, so, don't call it this year's Malignant. Okay. So if you haven't seen Barbarian and you're listening to our review. Or Malignant. Uh, we're not going to spoil it. Oh, fuck. Spoil it yet. But, uh, you know, Eric, what do we think of Barbarian just in general? I mean, I, there was no way I was going to guess where that film was going to go. For sure. Uh, there's transitions in the f- multiple times. Where I thought, like, are we watching an anthology film? Because it feels so broken up, sure, uh, and and different. That may have been a spoiler, uh, right there. Right. Uh, completely, I would not have guessed any of that stuff. So let's, neither. So let's say I'm impressed because of that. My- what it is, while cool, didn't knock my socks off, but I still really liked it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Okay, so without telling spoilers, um, I mean, I loved it. I yeah, wish I could yeah, have too. seen it, you know, because the projector bulb was so dim. I almost wish I just waited four to six weeks and seen it PVOD. No, fuck that. I'm at home. No, I, well, okay, other than the projector bulb, fuck that. Uh, I'm an hour in and I want to take a nap. So <laughs> I think for me, like, I I don't, it's, it's tough because I definitely don't want to give the impression I didn't love it. I did. I'm pro theater. Yeah. 100%. But despite the negative uh, time you had, you still happy you saw it in theaters? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. For the sound. Um, because, you know, it's a film that, you know, 
bump in the night, things like that. I don't want to say. So, you know, I definitely don't, I kind of don't like the way I'm having to talk about it because while 100%, I totally agree. This is a case of hype being too large. Um, I do really, really fucking like the movie. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was fucking sick. And I think what the problem is, like you're talking about filmmakers talking about it. You know why? Because they're thinking about like the screenplay. Like one of my biggest, one of my biggest thoughts were like, who the fuck wrote this? I guess it's a comedy guy. Yes. I think Zach Kreger, I think is his name. He, I found out he was a part of the whitest kids, you know. Right. Um, and you know, from a script perspective, from how did this get made perspective? Oh, um, it's awesome. You know, it reminds me, there's a film I, I, I cannot say the title of because it's too big of a spoiler for this movie. We'll say it in spoilers. But, um, you know, it reminds me of that film, which also went to theater, which also was crazier than we expected. Um, but definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I think this is just a fucking really cool, crazy ride. Right. It reminds me of the way I felt about, like, for instance, um, uh, what is that movie called? Uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe. Okay. The reason it reminds me of that movie is simply just like that roller coaster aspect. Mm, you know, I don't think definitely. Autopsy of Jane Doe is like one of the best movies ever made. But if you turn that movie on with the, with like some friends, you know, and some beers and drinks or whatever, that's a fucking fire roller coaster movie. And that's kind of what Barbarian feels like. Um, I had this whole thing in my head for what it was going to be. Wasn't close, had no idea what it was. Mm. And so to that end for a review without spoilers, like you should fucking see Barbarian. Right. But yes, it is not the pie in the sky. It's not the greatest movie ever made. Um, it's, it, you know, Malignant is is better. Oh, yeah. But again, none of that's a bad thing. It's fucking really cool. Right, right, like yeah. if you just showed this to me, to me with no hype, nothing, I would probably tell people this is the best movie I've ever fucking right, seen. right. But, you know, going into it with what we knew, like, oh, it's a fucking ruthless, crazy, violent. It was just really good. So, Eric, any more, co- any more comments before we get spoilers? Uh, this is super broad. But, you know, I love unraveling a mystery. See, I do too. In, a, in film, you know. Um, and so, like, I was there. I was like, oh, shit, where is this going? And then when there was, like, shifts in the film, I was like, I'm so lost right now. I'm loving this. Totally. Um, but then, as, as I've already said, while it kept me guessing the entire time, the final, what is happening, I was like, okay, that was cool. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm really glad you said that because, as you know, I'm, I love mystery boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, I come from the JJ school. And in that, in that respect, again, this ticked those boxes. You know, for me, like, what is this? What's that? If there What's could this? be a movie about friendship that's a mystery, that'd probably be my favorite movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. Stand by me? Because I love tells of friendship yeah i'm sorry keep going no i think we should end the podcast on that no uh because i love tales of friendship it's true so i think we should you know end our barbarian review with like i think i liked it more than you but uh also i definitely agree it was let me kind of put you on the spot sure if you use letterboxd where would you go i went Uh, i only went three so you're not gonna like this um, so like if I was rating when I walked out of the theater, I would have said four for Barbarian. That's fair. But I probably would have said four for Pearl as well. I went four on Pearl. And then the more I let Pearl percolate, you like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably going to go up because mm. I fucking really like Pearl. You know, I, I was kind of thinking nine or four and a half. Excuse yeah. Me. Yeah. So, I mean, because here's the thing. They're just, it's hard because they're, they're unrelated, right? 
Um, and they're just so different. You know, I like Barbarian for its roller coaster. I love roller coaster movies. And I love mystery, like you said. Uh-huh. But, you know, Pearl's this, you know, character study, you know, on this, which we've already spoken about. Um, Would you call Barbarian cheap in terms of its thrills? I don't think so. No, me neither. I don't think so. I mean, it has a crazy ass thing to unravel and let it unravel. You know, like I, I liked, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Um, But I 100% agree. Don't let everyone tell you it's the greatest fucking movie ever. Because in that, in that shitty because I want to tell people things are, but definitely don't go into it. I mean, this it's is a, really cool. This is a good horror film. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Like, Ghoul Squad approved, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Loved Barbarian. But uh, the hype got a little too a little too real for me. It, it tainted my initial viewing. And that's sad. Isn't that sad? Yeah. And I agree with you. I felt the same way. I felt the same way. But it's just sad. I wish... Like, I didn't know anything about Malignant. Like me that. Either. Like me that. Either. And then I hit play on HBO Max, and two hours later, I was like... You Holy fuck! Malignant and on HBO Max. I did not go to the theater, Jeep. Wow, I forgive saw, me. Saw forgive, it twice. Forgive me in theater. I know I'm one of the people that caused it to only make five million dollars its opening weekend. And with that, <laughs> okay. So this podcast is done. So it's kind of going to be a little bit of whiplash because I think we should go back to Pearl. Okay, let's go back to Pearl. Let's talk fucking spoilers uh, now. Let's oh, talk her fucking that. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, so little build up, little suspense on this episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast, we are going to now hit spoilers for, for Pearl first and then Barbarian. You may think, why? Because I think more of you have seen Pearl than Barbarian. So we're going to do Pearl first. So if you've seen it, hello. Come on this journey with us. We will also warn you before Barbarian. So if you haven't seen Barbarian, keep listening. But you have to have seen Pearl. And then we'll say, hey, we're going to do spoilers for Barbarian. Please leave the podcast. Never come back. You'd probably be much better off. Um, so... Now, we are starting spoilers for Pearl for Pearl right now. So from this point on, do not listen. If you have not seen Ty West's film Pearl, spoilers for Pearl or starting now. People that don't give a shit about spoilers. Keep listening. So they started. So the spoilers started for Pearl. Okay. So, so Eric, we can now so, spoil Pearl. So she time travels to 1979, <laughs> right? It's good, though. It's good, though. Yeah. It, wasn't it crazy how she ended up in the innkeeper's hotel right sarah paxton was in it i know you know what i was found it, was out she, she was in barbarian right or am i getting my films confused that's pearl and i or that's pearl and i don't think it's her is it her i saw her name at the credits in the oh, credits pearl? past weekend this past weekend well let me tell you this zach Kreger married to sarah paxton oh then it was probably barbarian but i don't think she's in it Maybe she's a voice. No, she in has like a small right, right. Oh, it's maybe like, she's a voice. In like she has like three. She she's credited with like three roles, and each one is like blink and you miss it. Okay, I feel like wait, we can't spoil Barbarian, so so I shouldn't look up. Well, Sarah no, Paxton. now it's too late. So I mean, if she's in it, she's in it. But uh, in Barbarian, she's listed as nerd. Oh, so never mind. It's a spoiler, but I mean, we're gonna talk it soon, right? Yeah, we're already in spoiler territory. She's the nursing video narration voice. It's so funny because I'm like, let's not. I'll I'll make a joke about Pearl and bring up the innkeepers, and it turns out the guy that made Barbarian is married to Sarah Paxton. So that's and the guy that made the innkeepers made Pearl. Yes, small world, duh. And that was the stupid inside joke that I was trying to make. Okay, so uh, let's talk Pearl. Yeah, right. Um, So as as we've already set up, she's unhappy with her home. Yes. Farm life. Yes. Yes. 
where you can go ahead, Eric. Okay. Uh, we she she kills small animals. Yeah, because that makes her feel alive. Good, right? right. She's got a super strict mother. Yes. She keeps her from eating. She makes her stay outside. Yes. She fucks a scarecrow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, okay. Pearl, hello. Okay, so she goes to see yes. Palace Follies. Uh, yes. I already talked about the part where she skips out into the alleyway. She's happy. Yes. Uh, she meets the projectionist, and the projectionist yes. cuts a small clip of the film reel of the film she just seen yeah. and gives it to her. So, she's riding home on that. her bicycle. Used to cut a film, film sell out, yeah. Because I used to have to build in, it's called build and breaking movies. They come in reels, and you have to put them together on one big platter. I used to cut out like a a, a scene I wanted to keep. Uh, Do you still have them? I probably don't. And I would let them fly out of my uh, uh, clothes, mm-hmm. and then I would fuck a scarecrow on the yeah. side of the road, Eric. So, so this is what happens. So she's got this uh, cell in her in her front pocket, flies out. She uh, it's next to a cornfield. And there's a scarecrow. Yes. Right? So she climbs up the, uh, the what do you call it? Stick? Stock? Rod? I don't know. It's sticking out of the ground. That's holding up the scarecrow. Cross? And she throws it on the ground. She asks, can I have this dance? And she starts dancing with it. Beautiful dog. dance. And, you, and this is a gripe I have that's not fair. If this had turned into a musical at this yeah, point, so if this had turned into a song and dance number, if the Scarecrow had come alive yeah. and like they did a duet, I would have been like mind blown. So because we're in spoilers, there is one moment of that later when she dances. Right. And we, and we do get like, she has dancers behind her and it's probably my favorite part of the film. Yeah. So I never watched a trailer for Pearl outside of the teaser when I saw X in theater. And so I thought maybe it is a musical. So I thought the same it, thing. It gives off that vibe, right? It, it is. And, and very, again, how I just said, it kind of gives off this like classical feel. A very like theatrical uh, vibe. Right. Uh, she then sees the projectionist in the face of the scarecrow. She throws it on the ground and she yells, I'm married! But then she gets on top of it, on top of it and she uh, humps it to climax. Yes. 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 That is correct. Yeah. So... Anything else about Pearl? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. So uh, incredible scene. Mm-hmm. And you know, I you know I'm not sure how much of my love for it is like kind of feeling bad for Pearl or understanding, but also like you know, I I feel like I don't want to run out of steam on this. So let's like also I'm going to bring up the cli- the the final monologue here before you get there. I want to talk well, about how you how you you think it's mental health. Sure. Okay, so I was going to tie it in with that, but okay, so there's a part where they're having dinner, and the mother tells her, "Like, I know what you do uh, in secret. You know, you need to um, forget these fantasies that you have of becoming a dancer." And this is when Pearl admits to her that she's learned from her sister-in-law that there is a traveling dance company, and they're going to have auditions at their local church, and she wishes to audition. Yes, and the mother tells her. Basically, no, you're not going to do this. The mother continues to tell Pearl that it's like her duty to keep her in check because she knows how evil Pearl is. Yeah. I almost feel like the film is telling us it's not her background. It's not how she's unhappy in life. I almost feel like the film is telling us She's like inherently evil. There's a part during the monologue when she's talking about how good and how easy it is to kill. 
Right. We were going down the exact same path. So I, I, I agree. And that was kind of what I was saying. Like, I don't know how much of the film is like, I feel bad for her and like her, you know, I think, you know, Mia Goth is just a captivating presence on film. Right. So like, it's that, but then I also like that monologue happens. Right. And you get this, you know, I mean, I just thought it was, I mean, God, like as I was saying, like, I, I don't want to skip to that, but it does have that moment where she's saying like, it's something like, I mean, I could never remember how well written this is, but she's saying something like, you know, I, it started small, you know, I would kill animals that were smaller than me so I could feel big, something like that. And I was like, oh my fucking God. Like it kind of, once that monologue kicks off, I felt like the film all made sense to me. Like, and I don't mean I get it. Like, well, I do. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you know, I feel like the film had, you know, great scenes, loved Mia Goth's performance, loved it. But once she goes into that, you know, 15, 20 minute monologue, then she's Pearl. Yeah. And it finally made, I was like, this is what I've been watching. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like I finally understood her. Like I know, you know, not to get too poetic here on this podcast, but I felt like I understood Pearl then better than I, than I felt like I, cause I thought, you know, I really like her. Right. You know, she's captivating performance. Uh, I want her to like succeed. Her mother's wrong. Right. And this is kind of what you were getting at. And then she goes down that monologue where she's basically explaining. She's like a monster serial killer. Like essentially, you know, most serial killers start killing animals. You know, that's how it starts or whatever. Uh, I don't want to oversimplify serial killers, but you know, generally that's what they say. Like to look for, you know, we can say evil. I don't, you know, I don't believe in evil, but Bad people generally start, you know, killing something small. And, 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 you know, I hear her saying that. I'm like, oh, that's what I've been watching. Like, I've been watching her descent, essentially. And you're right. Like, that comment from her mom, like, I know what you really are. Like, I was like, what do you mean? Just like, she wants to be sexy, for instance, or be a star, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought her mom was talking about. Kind of, I'm really glad you said that. Because in that scene, I was like, oh, no, like, maybe she is a fucking horrible person. Right. Uh, and so, that, anyways, that was my interpretation. Totally. I felt the, it's awesome to hear because I, it, it all sort of clicked for me. I was like, that's what I'm watching is mm-hmm. this creation of like a serial killer in a way, you know, and she's talking about how she likes it and how, you know, at first it was like loneliness and like, and that, and that's kind of like why it's also the mental health aspect was I felt like it, some of it was like, it was, she was driven to it, not saying all, but you know, it was like this constant, you know, and again, I'm not necessarily the perfect person to discuss, you know, expectations of a female, but I felt like she was commenting on that in that, in that scene. And like, for sure, I'm not saying it has to be a good thing that she's killing people. It's not, but the film is commenting on that problem, right? right? That, that, that she feels like she has to do all these things that she doesn't want to do. She there's a part in that monologue where she explains uh, one of the reasons she like started seeing her now husband Howard is because he kind of has this nice life, and she thinks that if she can fall in love and marry Howard, well, that'll be her ticket ticket out exactly off the farm, right? Not yeah. to no longer have these expectations of right. her. But that goes against her because Howard is happy being on the farm. And then he goes and he leaves her still stuck in the same position. Oh man. It's such a, her, her acting in that scene because she's it just going one thing after another. Like, you know, then I thought I was going to be, 
you know, your wife and you're going to take me away. But then I, you know, I realized that you like being here and then, you know, you did the worst thing you possibly could, which was leave me here alone Mm. and all this stuff. And, um, again, I, I think it's important. Like my description isn't simply just, you know, so fuck it. You can be a serial killer. You know what I mean? But I felt like it was both. Like it was like, but she, she does in her monologue explain that she liked doing those things like killing animals, for instance. And you kind of hear that and you're like, oh, okay. So she is like fucked up, you know, or whatever the word would be for that mad. Um, Which is why I think like uh, psycho is a great, great example of like, this reminds me a lot of psycho. Uh, I think um, Shane tipped me off today. He's like, yeah, it's like psycho. And I feel like it really, it, it, that's a good example because like Norman Bates is someone that you root for that you like because, you know, uh, Anthony Perkins is such a uh, captivating performance and you feel like, man, like I hope, you know, he, he, he's a great character. You like, once he kills someone in it, you're like, man, I hope he gets away with it. Like you're kind of complicit in his actions. Um, and I felt that, you know, like by the time Pearl was ending, I was like, fuck, this is crazy. Like it was such a character study into like that madness. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've gone too long, but, uh, that was why I was just like, fuck dude, this is really good. Uh, I, I liked the film to that point, but once the monologue kicks off and obviously it's just this one shot and she's just so captivating and crying and all this stuff. I was like, this is like one of the best things I've ever seen on screen. Like I'm sitting in this theater in Carlsbad, New Mexico, no, you know, I always like to joke, like no one in this town should be seeing Pearl. Like who here is going to like Pearl, but like me, you, and some of our friends. Like, uh, and I was just like, man, I'm so, we're so lucky to be seeing us in a theater. Yeah. What else? I know. I feel like I, I feel like I sucked the air out. So I, I no, apologize. No, that's fine. Uh, kind of what you're saying, you know, and then, and then we finally get to descend into her madness. Yeah. She, she, she brings in her dead parents. She seats them at the table with a decaying pig. Yes. Uh, she, you know, she, we see her dispose of the bodies of the other people that she's killed. Yes. Hacking them up, feeding them to an alligator. So yeah, that kind of like unlocks her fully, I guess. Right. The, 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 the monologue. And then what's interesting is then her husband comes home and he sees it. And in X, he's complacent with it. You know, he's, he helps her yeah. in X. So that, I mean, we'll probably never learn, but that's like an interesting idea. Like too, like, how does Howard come around? Yeah, and I you fi- killed my fucking sister. Yeah, and I feel like it. It. it um, I feel like it enhanced X for me in that in that sense. Like, um, you know, I understand Pearl in that movie more, which I don't. It's not quite the same thing. I'd like to see it again. I haven't seen X since I've seen Pearl. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll see her in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like it's almost two different. Yeah, two different. I mean, I know they're the same character, Correct. but it's almost two the different. The way they're portrayed. Yeah, and the film is so like obviously portraying her as like uh, scary, so it's going to be hard to to see this pearl in that. But yeah. right, she, she's not skipping out of theaters in X and having sex with scarecrows. Right, but she does have sex. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, even when you're old, you can still be fucking. <laughs> Which I think is the is it? I was gonna say, isn't that what we all want? Which I think is the positive message <laughs> of X that there's still hope for all of us. Okay, Eric. So that, that was, was Pearl. Pearl. We fucking loved Pearl. Loved it. Loved it. I, Ty West. What? How has did, knocked it out? Can of I ask you a question? Twice in the same year. Did you feel that way, or were you like? Because like I loved it until the monologue. I loved it, but I also like 
I felt like it didn't tie all together. Okay, so at the start of the film, uh, Pearl is uh, she's in the barn and she's feeding some of the animals, and she picks up a pitchfork and she's kind of like dancing. Yes. She like jumps on this pile of hay and and a goose walks in or a duck. Sorry. Well, you know she and later she says, you know, how many performances she's given to these animals, you know, because she enjoys and wants to be a dancer. Um, and then she and then the and then the duck comes in. And she kills the duck and she feeds it to uh, the alligator in the. I guess that's supposed to be a lake, a river. I, it yeah. can't be a pond, can it? Lake, I guess. And and whenever the alligator comes up and snatches the duck off of her pitchfork i leaned over to dana this is the first time on sunday and i said this is already amazing yeah yeah so yes i felt strongly about her right away yeah but how did it i mean i guess how did the monologue play for you in that sense so i slept through it the first time (laughs) but the second time i was like this is incredible like there was moments where i was like i want to tweet this yeah. Because it's just like such powerful. And it's kind of like negative shit. Yeah. I, uh, the, and that, that, the part when she's like talking about how happy that she is that she lost her pregnancy. Uh, it was like, yes. It was like that moment when she's like talking about like just how cruel and harsh the world is. And I was like, God damn it, Pearl, you're right. I know. It's kind of like when Joker came out and everybody was like quoting Joker. And it's like, yeah, I'm not sure we should be like looking up to fucking Joker. Right. Uh, I mean, it's fun to like antiheroes, but. Um, yeah, fuck, man. It's such so good. Uh, yeah, I was in love with it. I, I think it's it's one it definitely. I liked it more than X, but I doubt you're going to like it more than X because X is a fucking man. slasher film. Man, they're they're equal in my eyes. I like so that. When it comes to like the end that. of the year, I don't know what's going to happen. Gotcha. Well, unless, unless they just share a spot. Serious tease for the end of the year list. Yeah, so much I got to watch. So much I got to rewatch. But let's talk Barbarian spoilers yep. now. Yep, so that was Pearl. We love Pearl. Um, now, love Pearl. if you have not seen Barbarian, here we are. We're going to talk about Barbarian spoilers. Barbarian and I'm telling spoilers. you, if you haven't seen Barbarian, don't listen to this. Just, just you're good. Because we're going to trail off on some Barbarian and then end this podcast. So don't listen, but we definitely want to bullshit about this movie because it is fucking crazy. But don't think, oh, I'm just going to listen. Fuck it. I won't see it. Like, no. Shut this off. Watch Barbarian at some point. Go watch Barbarian, yeah. And with that recommendation out of the way, we are now in spoiler territory for Barbarian. So, spoilers for Barbarian starting now. Okay. So, um, our main character, Tess... (laughs) Where where to start? Um, what a what a she, romp! She, she I forget what, but something takes her into the cellar, and she finds a rope, and it opens up a secret door. And in the secret door, she finds a rape room. Yes, there's a camera. A as very, you as you do, a, a very gross looking uh, mattress and a bucket, which I assume is for human piss and shit. Yes, Eric. Right? Uh, turns out the basement door closes on its own, and so she's now stuck there. Uh, both Tess and I'm forgetting her name, but the, the, the main female character in 2021's Candyman are both smart enough not to venture any more forward into the creepy hallway. Yes. Nope. 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 I'm glad we're getting these smart, uh, characters. Yes. Um, so she's stuck down there and she's banging on the, and and then, and then Bill Skarsgård, what's his name? Keith. Keith. It is Keith. It is. Uh, she knocks on the on, on the cellar window, and to this point, we're not sure if Keith is a bad guy. 
we don't know if Keith is a bad guy at this point. Right. So the first night she's there, it turns out Keith is also involved in the music scene of Detroit on which this documentary film is going to be made. Right. So that kind of loosens her guard. We see Keith trying to be polite and he wants to pour a bottle of wine, but he wants to make sure he's in her presence so he so she knows that he's not uh, fucking with it. The night goes really well for them. Yes. They, they have a good time hanging out, right? Yes. So this is the following day when she gets stuck in the cellar. Keith comes home. He's able to help her get out through the window. And he explains, and, and then Tess tells Keith, hey, uh, there's some scary shit down there, but Keith isn't buying it. Yeah. So Keith has to go check it out for himself. Yes. And Keith doesn't come back the fuck up. So. So, do I just keep going? Sure. Yeah, we're okay. the Well, what I was going to say, I, it's a bit further from what you're saying. I keep sticking to your chair, dog. So, uh, one of my favorite parts of this movie mm-hmm. is when Keith descends and disappears into the abyss. Correct. And at some point, she's like, Keith, Keith, come back. And I can't remember. What's her name? Tess. 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 Mm. I've heard. Like, we, we faintly hear but it, dude, it is one of the funniest faint, like, help me. Like, I'm you can yeah, or something barely like fucking hear him. He's so far away. And why is that funny? She's standing at the top of a staircase in, in a, I was going to say ostensibly, a, a basement. But she can't see how deep the basement is, right? And, so, right, there's and more. And he's so fucking far away. When, she, when he's saying, help me, his voice, it is so funny to me because it's telling you, I looked over to my brother and I said, how deep does it fucking go? Right. You know, I didn't know what the movie was yet. So I'm like, where, like, help me so far away. So past the rape room is another secret door. And there it's like fucking just like miles. Okay. I'm exaggerating. Maybe. But far as fuck down. Just like tunnel. Right. Like this is like, uh, like 20 times the size of fucking, uh, Jason's tunnels in the fucking Friday remake, right? Yes. So she goes down there. She has a light, right? And she sees Keith, and she says something. Keith says something has bit me, and so Tess is like, "Let's get the fuck out of here." But Keith wants to go the wrong way. So at this point, I still don't know is Keith a good guy or yeah. not because Tess knows the right way to go, but Keith doesn't. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, do you want to say it now? We see these old titties. <laughs> come clamoring out of the fucking dark. Yeah. And uh, what proceeds to happen is this old titty monster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what was funny was, um, you know, I was talking to uh, Ben, Sabra, and Wes, shout out, after the, we saw the film, and I said, you know, I really didn't know what it was. I had no idea. And I said, but you know what it was? It was an old hag in a basement film. Yeah. And that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, it's these old titties. Uh, so she she takes Keith's head and she smashes it into the Violently. wall multiple times. It's a bit shaky at this point because like the only light I guess is from whatever Tess is holding. And She's, I'm sure you can see it better if you if the bulb wasn't burned oh, in the fucking right theater. Yeah, we actually saw it in an, in a in a regular theater and instead of a shitty one. And then I feel like we see the old titty monster like scream at Tess. And then all of a sudden it cuts to like the Pacific Ocean. It's like the beach. And it's like goofy song playing and Justin Long driving a convertible. Yes. And I will say that up until like two days before the film came out, I had not watched any trailers. 
and I didn't know Justin Long was in the film. See, goddammit. And then fucking the internet. God, yep. Everyone on the yep. fucking... If you're out yep. there, bless your heart. We love you. Everyone's like, man. Justin Long. Justin, Justin Long, Long is such a horror icon now with Barbarian. I'm like, I didn't know he was in it. So he's in the trailer. And you said you closed I your eyes. I didn't know that. Yeah. But it's real quick. Okay. And I was like being ignorant. Like, that's not Justin Long. Okay. And then the internet saw Barbarian and let me know that it was yeah. uh, Justin Long. So Justin Long is a actor um, <laughs> in, in, in the context of Barbarian. I know. Um, he uh, he is, has allegations against him. He he has a pilot at a at a at a network, and uh, one of the actresses for the pilot uh, has accused Justin Long of his name is is it AJ in the film? I can't remember. I think it's AJ. She's accusing of him. She's accusing AJ of having raped her. The network is dropping him. Uh, they're dropping the pilot, and it turns out. There's going to be like a big press article, like in Vanity Fair or sure. something, or E, about exposing him. Right, exactly. Yeah. So now he's got to make some hard financial decisions. Yes. And, and it turns out he owns the house because everybody has to own a fucking Airbnb now, which is part of the commentary here. You know what I hate? I hate how, and Barbarian's not guilty of this. I hate how, like, in every fucking movie now, there's a podcaster. Oh, yeah. That really pisses me off. I just hate how everyone has to have a fucking podcast. And how in Ghostbusters Afterlife, that kid's name is podcast. Yeah. That's fucking That's like jumping the shark. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just so you know, I was joking about people having a podcast. I was, it was, be, I was saying, joking, was a joke at us because we, we have a podcast. Yeah, I was just being stupid. Right, quick. No, we are the stupid. only people that have a podcast. <laughs> We're the only ones allowed to have a podcast. With... Shout out to Brian the Horror Nerd. Shout out to Brian the Horror Nerd. And you know what? I don't know if he saw it, so he may not hear this, but shout out to Rossell. What's up, bud? Okay, go ahead, Eric. So, he's got to make some tough financial decisions. He's got this big lawsuit coming up, he's countersuing. Uh, you know, he's no longer employed. So he decides he's going to go to Detroit so he can sell this house, this Airbnb. So he flies out there. And when he gets there, all of Tess and and Keith's, uh, belongings are still in the house, but he's confused. He thinks that there should have been a maid service already. He thinks, uh, you know, the house should be clean. He thinks somebody is possibly squatting in his house. Yes. I forget how, but he finds the secret basement. I mean, he finds the secret door in the basement. He finds the rape room. He finds the tunnels. But instead of being upset, he thinks more square foot means the house can sell. Yeah, there's like more. a scene where it he's looking up. Can you add uh, basement to square footage? And then he, so it's funny, like the way he discovers the rest of it is through measuring it with a, a, a tape. Pe- tape measure. Right, exactly. And so like it even goes to like he goes into like the rape room with the camera and like the disgusting bed. And he's not bothered by it. Nope. He just keeps he's measuring. Like, he goes, oh, sick. Like, and he's just like measuring it to be like, yeah, this is fucking badass. Like I have all this space down here. Uh, and then there's a point where like he sits on the bed and that grosses him out. But, you know, he's not bothered by the fact that he's. And of what I, he's I think seen. there's a point where, like, when he opens the final door, like, that he, goes like, just down. accidentally, like, and he's it, like, oh, fuck yeah, like right. jackpot or something like that. And it's like, no, it's like, this looks very bad. Right. So uh, he keeps measuring with his fucking tape measure. And I guess the old hag 
grabs it because he like lets it go. Yeah, it like pulls at him, and then he yeah he yeah. lets it go, and so he's running and he falls into a like a pit, a pit, right? And yeah. then we see this gate close, and we see Tess is down there. So she's been down there. And she doesn't know how long. Right. We and I think I think he says that the last tenants were there a week, a week ago. Oh. So I think she's been in there a week. Okay. So uh, and then we see this gross bottle. Oh, you know what? Let me back up a tad. Before he goes down, this is past the rape room. He finds this like gross room, and there's a video playing on how mothers can breastfeed. Yes. So now he's in the cellar, and we see this like gross bottle get shoved into it's the like a condom, right into the yeah. pit. It's like supposed to be the nipple yeah. of a bottle. Yeah. And Tess is trying to explain to AJ, "You have to suck." This or she'll be a bottle, or she'll be upset, and he doesn't do it. But uh, test us, uh, does suck the bottle. How do they get out of this pit now? I forget. The the old hag gets mad and pulls Justin Long out. Oh, okay. And oh, it, and so, so she gets out, yeah. So point. she climbs out or whatever, right? And uh, there's this terrific, fucking terrific moment and shot where she's now in just the initial basement and. Uh, she's banging on that window, and who who breaks it? Is there police? Has no. she had a chance to call? No, I, I want to say it's the uh, it's the, the unhoused man, the homeless man. Yeah, right. Sorry. Yes, and and the unhoused man pulls her out through the window, and it cuts back to the window, and we see the old hag like pulling in, yeah. tried to grab her. Yes, it's so so yeah. fucking good. And so by this point, she goes to the police, and everything she has to say, the way she looks. She seemed, they don't believe her. She seems like she's like a drug addict. Right. Exactly. Because she's like dirty and like it's Detroit, which I'm not, you know, sorry, Detroit. But basically it's commenting like, oh, she's just like tripping or whatever. She's on drugs. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's they're, what they're trying to say. And she's a woman. They don't believe her. Right. Right. Um, so she drives the car into the house. Is this correct? And she's able to get Justin Long out? So it, what happens is it, it the old hag attacks her and she drives into the house and pins it against the house. Oh, that's right. She comes out of the house. Right. And and then and then the, the homeless man, unhoused man, whatever, yeah. is like, don't be around here at night. She she comes out here at night. Whenever he said that, I was like, holy shit, she comes out of the so house. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I get it. It didn't live up to like that hype. But bro, that is really scary. Right. There's just some scary monster no, it, woman. It's gonna give me it's gonna make me it's giving me shivers down my spine. Remember that Tess wakes up in the house. The basement door is open and her fucking room door is open. Right. So that which means, means that fucking old hag is moving around. Went up there and oh, like while she, but dude, while she was asleep. Right. right. That, dude, that freaks me out bad. Um, we also imagine waking up to those titties. Ooh, I do not want to wake up to those titties. We also missed. That's the first. Um, at what point does the film jump to the past? You know, I can't remember, but let's just say like, so we can't remember when, but it has this incredible reveal where it's like suddenly like we're in like the fifties or whatever. When was Reagan in the eighties? I don't know. Because they're discussing Reagan on the, on the radio. Late seventies. And we see Richard Brake. Yes. And I had no idea. Me neither. It it was was so great to see him. In a theater instead of a straight to stream yes. Rob Zombie movie. It was funny because I'm sitting there and Monsters it, is next week. It shows the man and I'm like, it's Richard Brake is in this? Yeah. And I look at Wes, of course, Wes shout out, doesn't know who Richard Brake is. I look at Ben, 
I will say credit to him. He said, I recognized him because he's seen three from hell. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I don't know. He, I couldn't think of who that was. And of course, you know, sorry, Saver. Saver shouldn't know who Richard Brake is. Mm-hmm. But it was funny because like, I'm he's very unhinged. I'm sitting there and I'm like, guys, it's Richard Brake. <laughs> like, you know, like it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Right, that's funny. Uh, but I told Ben, I was like, we love him. Right. So. And so, so it turns out Richard Brake uh, kidnaps, rapes women. Yes, doing and this makes videos of them. Right. Uh, the unhoused man explains he's then slept with like that child. So I don't know how many generations have passed. Yes, right. But I don't know if maybe he slept with like another child. So it's just incest and inbreeding has he's like, created. He's like, and that's what you get when you create the old hag yeah. monster. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I would not have guessed any of this. Doc. Oh, and when and when the Richard Brake stuff comes on, it's shot where it's like the camera. It's, it's like, like GTA. Yeah, it's like a GoPro, like right behind yeah. him, and it's just like, like third, following third him. person. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's really bizarre. It, it, it like it really added to like the like. We're jumping again? Holy shit, this is yeah. crazy. And it, it added to like the the unsettlingness of his like walk and his stride and like the way he talked. It was like a GTA like Grand Theft Auto moment. You know, I guess at this point, he already has a child. Because he's like buying like the linen and like the diapers Probably. and the stuff that's needed Probably. to like uh give or to like receive a pregnancy. Yeah, and it was super haunting, like um all those videotapes down there. You know, obviously he's oh. being housed down there. And uh, they have like these really like hideous names, right? Like it's like lady with red hair, right? Like it, there's a bunch of like I can't remember what they are, but they're it's like fuck, bro. Like this dude's just been killing all these people in that room and like doing whatever and that like it just you know obviously like the the best thing about film is like letting the mind you know Wonder. instead of showing it you know what we what we don't see is scarier. And like that freaked me out. I was like, fuck, dude, this dude's been doing this shit forever. And like, what's on those videotapes? And of course, you know, they pop one in and he's like, you fucking sick bastard. We don't get to see right, it. Right. Um, and I thought that was interesting. I know I'm skipping ahead a bit, but I, I thought it was interesting how I, I've lost the timeline, how he, he, um, he points at that, that, uh, that like bedside table and he like get, moves it over and he pulls a gun out. Oh, so so Richard breaks alive in the present. Right. And I'm guessing the old hag is caring for him. Right. That's the only thing that makes sense. But um, I found it fascinating because he kills himself. Right. And what it is 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 that he he's now being cared for by it instead of him caring for these babies, you know, mm. that he's created all this time. And like, you know, he has the video and all this stuff, like this fantasy that he's running or whatever right. in his basement he's now the cared for and like right. basically the housed and like he can't leave. He's, right. he's captive there. And so it was crazy. Like, like, Oh, you know, he wanted to kill himself. He didn't want to get out of the situation. He's wanted to die. Right. Cause he's stuck down in this basement, but interesting that probably like, sucking this old hag titty milk. <laughs> right. Uh, interesting that like, that's what he was doing to his victims. And like right. now when it was on him, he wanted to kill himself. So, right. I found that fascinating. Right. But yeah, I mean, just, and that's kind of what I mean by like, just what we've said, like what a fucking film. I mean, again, not like Pearl is like, you know, high art, right? And Barbarian is the fucking roller coaster, mm. you know? I mean, God, like just the, 
that that all of a sudden we're like in the past and it's like that that third person shot of Richard Brake and I'm like holy what, shit what I thought was really neat was when when we're in the past it's like a nice neighborhood it's like nice homes which is commenting on Detroit right? but in the present it's like this like neighborhood I would hope to never find myself in and I thought that was a really cool idea a bit cheap but I thought it was a really cool idea how like when she gets there to the Airbnb she can't see the neighborhood right it's so dark and then when she finally like looks out she's like oh fuck and it looks like shit right like not just run down houses like dilapidated it's, it's houses. like scary looking yeah, yeah. and it's uh, like my neighborhood times 45 yeah um i would love to hear more about the writing you know the writing and making of this film because like why did you make this this is fucking crazy and um i will say that uh what i was referencing earlier is don't breathe i mean oh, it's an sure. obvious comparison because you know, you have the Detroit, Detroit aspect, setting. you have the rundown and the basement. Bad shit going on in the basement and turkey basters. Um, True. We won't, I guess, spoil Don't Breathe, but there you go. It's, you know, they're similar films in the sense that they're hiding something. I agree. But something I, something surprising. I 100% get your comparison, but I also don't think it's Don't Breathe in the sense of what's happening. No, no. Um, I'm, I guess I'm just saying it like they are, they're like, you could do these as a double feature and they're, sure. they're like... It's almost like a different tale from down the street. Right. Um, right. Which I thought was a fun idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What I really like is, so um, the second day she's in Detroit, she has to go for this interview. And when she comes back uh, is the first time we see the unhoused man. And he's like out of focus, but we see that he's moving fast. And so she sees this and she's like frantically trying to get inside. And he's yelling at her, you know, little girl, don't go in that house. And then whenever she gets in the door, you know, he's telling her to come out. You know, it's a scary moment. And, you know, she calls the police. And later we learn he's trying to help her because yeah. he knows about uh, the monster. Yeah. And that, that again, hearing you say that, like her going in the house, that is such a scary idea to me. Um, the idea of like you feeling safe somewhere, mm. but there's something in the basement that you're it sure. doesn't even have to be a basement. Like, I don't want to scare you or myself, but like, I live in a fucking apartment building. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's in the walls. You know, it's an idea that's just very scary to me. Like, especially like that they slept there mm. and that thing was just walking around. Um, the unknown is always very scary to me, but um, yeah, I mean, what else? Obviously it comes, it, it kind of, I feel like I'm not against the ending in any way. It's good. It's cool. But uh, I kind of feel like it just is like, Oh, they have a final climax. I, I feel like it runs out of surprises. You know what's interesting is, uh, so, in, so when, in the when, final moment, uh, she has a gun, Tess has a gun. Yeah. And it's almost kind of sweet. Like, it's almost kind of, like, sad at that moment. Yeah. Like, like, the monster's telling Tess goodbye. Like, I guess the monster knows right. she's going to shoot her. Yeah, and I... And I was like, damn, you just made me, like, connect with this monster thing. I guess our other surprise is, like, Justin Long's turn that he's still a bad guy. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I don't feel like that's that. I mean, you know, for the film... He, like, admits to raping that woman at that one point right. when he's in the club. Right. Uh, and, you know, I feel like the film... I feel like that's part of its problem. And I don't want to say it has... I really like Barbarian. Part of its problem is simply just that it runs out of this surprise wheel. Right. You know, like, the film is constantly revealing. Uh, setup reveal, setup reveal, setup reveal. And that's awesome. I love it. But then by the time it's just old hag chasing them, you know, it sort of peters out, I feel like. Uh, like I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to minimally sure. disagree with you because, you know, whenever they're out of the house 
and went through. And, it adds a new element. And when they're in the unhoused man, the unhoused man confidently tells him like, don't worry, we're safe. Like wherever he stays, yeah. he's like never had a run in with him. This is like 15 years. He explains. And then almost immediately she shows up and she rips off his arm. Uh, that's cool. But I guess what I mean by surprises is like it. I the, thought we the, were safe, duh. No, I, no, no, no. But the film turns into running from the woman oh, outside. I get you. And so what I mean is well, like the setup in reveals end right. at some point. When it makes its final reveal. And no then our say. film is like, by then I was kind of like, oh, okay. It's like, this is what the film is. And then it's over. And I really, really liked it. I hate to do this to you, Dob, but I have to do it. I'm going to assign you homework. Okay. If it's on Shutter. Castle Freak. Oh, yeah. Uh, because this is basically the Castle Freak yes. remake. Uh, sh- shout out to Shane Saw. He also said that. Yeah. It was Castle Freak. I think he said Castle Freak and Don't Breathe. Um, yeah. I mean, I really liked it. But again, I feel like E-Dog's ready to go for round two. Me too. Um, Four to six weeks, PVOD. I like how you like to say the PVOD. Like, I feel like well, you're you saying... got to let it be known. You're paying that 20 bucks at home. Yeah. Uh, so... I don't know. Pop some corn. I like to have a cheese stick with it. Dr. Pepper. DP. DP. Uh, so we Voodoo like... Voodoo if it's around. We like Barbarian. Yes, we liked them both. If I had to pick one, going Pearl. Yeah, I never, but, never thought that was going to... Like, going into that weekend, so this past weekend when I saw Pearl and Barbarian, I ended up telling my brother, I was like, dude, I think I'm more excited for Barbarian because the hype had gotten oh, so fucking 100%. crazy. Like, uh, we were going to watch Barbarian first, and I was like, fuck yeah, I'm glad we're watching that right. first. And then Pearl ended up being the no, I agree. more enjoyable film for me. A Pearl blew my mind on, like, a film level. Like, I thought it was, like, high art, like I said. Right. Uh, where I think Barbarian's just really fucking cool, you know? Um, kind of reminds me of X in that way. Like, I think X is really cool. I know I say this all the goddamn time, but, like... How fucking spoiled are we as horror yeah, fans? Yeah, good point. Uh, good point. I like that. We got two Ty West films. We had Scream 5. We're going to get Halloween ends. We're getting a new Hellraiser in like two or three weeks. By David Bruckner. By David Bruckner. We get wild shit like Barbarian. I know the writers of that film. Uh, ben Collins and Luke Petrowski. Like you got them in your contact list? Yeah, you know I them? talk to them every day, though. Um, I like the new TCM. So they, they uh, wrote... I'd love to talk to you about this. Are you like pumped for Hellraiser? Because I feel like yeah. I feel like you're not a Hellraiser guy, I'm not. But, but you like the creative team. I'm so excited for this movie because okay, number so the Night House is my favorite movie of last year. Exactly, that's why Wr- I'm asking you. this. Written by Ben Collins and Luke Petrowski, directed by David Bruckner. Correct. That whole team is reuniting, and they made this Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yeah. The whole team, and so I found that. Uh, I'm so excited for it. I watched the first 20 seconds of that Hellraiser trailer that came out, and I fucking turned it off. Mm. Like, dude, I can't wait. Cannot wait for that movie. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited. I don't care about Hellraiser. We can get into that another time. Uh, I like that first film. I never really cared about anything else. Sure, the first two are fire. Yeah. Uh, Not, never been my thing, but dude, that team doing Hellraiser, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. Uh, that I mean, the the night house is so good. I'm gonna follow David Bruckner forever now. Like it's so fucking good. So, yeah, can't wait for that. Yeah, Halloween ends. It's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. We we probably won't. Yeah, we won't record before that. Well, we we may do like a review episode of that, mm. depending on how that goes. Hellraiser and Halloween. That would be awesome. I would love that. Um, very excited. That is super exciting to think and about. And the monsters. And the monsters, duh. 
I, I want to like it. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, I told you I was never a Munsters person, so I don't really care. But I mean, it's cool. That, you know, another new Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. And another Rob Zombie movie. And with that, Eric, I think we're done. I've picked up the mic off the table. I don't know how this sounds, but it was nice doing a podcast with you, Eric. The interesting part about this part of the podcast is you, you should only be hearing this if you've seen Barbarian. And I'm guessing some people have, so they'll be here. Hello. It made $10 million its first weekend. No, I know, but think about it. There's Six like, the next. But of those $10 million, only like maybe one person listens to us. Right. <laughs> and his name is Shane Saw. No, what's up, everybody? We love you. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of funny that like nobody, like, I don't want to say nobody, but presumably this is not going to be very well listened to by the end of this podcast. So, Eric... I think that's it. Do you think... Okay, we'll stop after this. Yes, hello. Do you think it was right... You've reached the end of the podcast. For 20th Century Studios, is that what they're called now? Yes. To release Barbarian in theaters, but not Pearl. I'm sorry. Let me start over. To release Barbarian in theaters, but not Prey. Where was the decision there? (sighs) Did they know what they had on their hands with Prey? Did they, they think ha- people were no. still upset with The Predator? No, think here's here's what something is amiss at the Circle K because you know, this is the same studio that put out Antlers. Right? Uh The Night House. The, uh, the Night House went theatrical. Yep. Barbarian. And so there there has to be some thing where they're like, look, we can put these little horror movies out. It costs us nothing. We don't promote them a lot. Shit them out. Uh, whatever. Because it's, I'm saying this because it's owned by Disney. Correct. I'm, I'm guessing the Prey situation had to come down to it was a more expensive film and a real property. And I know it sounds crazy, but it has, it has to be like, look, we put this in theaters. We, this could fail. Mm-hmm. Where if these other movies fail, they don't fail. They're a million dollars. And also, they're not a property. So I think I could see them being like, man, if Prey fails, you know, a Predator film fails. Right. We've just lost this. It's a property. IP. Right. right. Um, we can risk Barbarian not doing well. And we can risk not really pr- promoting Prey. Like, hey, it's on Hulu commercials, whatever, done. Where when you put a movie in theater, and, and I know you might be thinking the opposite, where it's like, okay, well, these other films aren't big. Yeah, but they don't give a fuck. Like, they don't promote them that much. But I think, I almost think it's like to its disservice that it was a predator film because it almost is kind of like we we don't i don't know and then they just shit it out on hulu uh which is really fucking sad but i i don't know it is very weird i'd love to hear the story about all this fox shit that just was kind of in the works made not made and then you know like why how how did how did antlers make it to theaters but prey didn't that's fucking crazy right um so anyways and with that Alrighty, guys, if you got a, a episode suggestion, let us know. Otherwise, you can find us at the Ghoul Squad FM uh, on various social media. Follow us at Keeksta, at Corbucci Squad. And uh, I guess that's it. By now, you should be hearing Ghouls You Back Off. Hopefully, you made it this far. We love you so much. And uh, we will see you on the next episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast. Hopefully, it's Halloween ends. And uh, if it is, uh, hopefully we all love that film. And no one, hopefully there's no arguments about whether it's a good movie or not. 
but I'm sure there will be. We love you, and we'll see you on the next episode. See you later. Oh, 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 oh,